Around Comics, Episode 21. From Chicago, this is Around Comics, a weekly roundtable discussing topics in and around the world of comics. I'm your host, Christopher Neesman, and I am joined, as always, by my partner in crime and the producer of the show, Brian Salazar. Greetings. We're also joined by Around Comics regular, Mr. Tom Caters. Hello, I have surprisingly good hygiene. (laughs) Our guest today is a writer for Silver Bullet Comics. You can read about her thoughts and opinions about the world of comics in her column, Hey Supergirl. She is Stephanie Mangold. Hi. <laughs> Stephanie, welcome to Around Comics. Thank you for being on the show today. Thank you for having me. All right. Uh, quick reminder, Around Comics is recorded every Friday from 7 to 9 at Dark Tower Comics and Collectibles, located at 4835 Northwestern Avenue in Chicago. If you are in the area, please come by and introduce yourself. We would love to meet you. Right now, Dark Tower is offering a 20% discount on purchases made during our show recordings. Just mention Around Comics when you check out and receive 20% off your purchase. It's that easy. Now, before we dive into today's topic, uh, we'd like to give Stephanie a chance to introduce herself and tell us about Hey Supergirl. Go! Okay. <laughs> um, when I started the column back in October, my goal was to speak for fangirls because there aren't a lot of female personalities in the industry that girls can relate to. But over time, I started talking about things like indie books and manga, so by now I would say I'm kind of focused on commenting on uh, the social aspects and the culture aspects of being a comic fan and like promoting new genres, new titles, talking about things that are relevant to fans. Well, Stephanie, since you've started kind of diving more into comics uh, in general, have you started to expose yourself more to mainstream titles, or are you sticking more with indie and manga? Um, I have been picking up a lot more superhero books since I started reading. Um, since I started writing for Silver Bullets beforehand, I was pretty much just loyal to the X-Men, but I've been picking up, like... Infinite Crisis and Civil War, and now I'm thinking about picking up uh, Supergirl now that it's one year later. So I've been picking up a lot more superhero books. When did you start but reading? Other than that, I still have I still have my manga. <laughs> how did you get into comics? How did you start reading? Uh, how long ago? Um, I started back in high school. Um, it was kind of a dual love for me. There was the X Men, and I loved the X-Men from day one, and I was also really into goth comics, like Lenore and Johnny the Homicidal Maniac and Gloom Cookie. <laughs> Gloom Cookie, because I was a deeply tortured teenager. <laughs> um, and how, how did the, uh, the column at Silver Bullet uh, come about? Um, I had actually just graduated. I was about a couple months out of college, and I knew I wanted to get into writing, and I have have a day job as a staff writer but it wasn't quite what I wanted to do 
So I kind of wanted to pick up some side gigs, and I saw the um, call for writers on the Silver Bullet Comics website, and I was typing a letter, and I just decided to be completely off the wall, as weird as I could be, talking about Sailor Moon and wanting to marry Gambit, and (laughs) I sent it in, and about two weeks later, I got an answer saying that they would love to see a sample column and have me on the team. And I started crying in the middle of City Hall. <laughs> Even the homeless people were afraid of me. You want to marry Gambit? <laughs> well, you know, what? it's kind of the whole bad boy thing. Bad boy? That accent would drive me crazy. <laughs> oh, come on, Tom. You know you got... You, you got Gambit the, fever? Gambit fever, baby, Cajun yeah. fever? Cajun, you know, it's you like... quite as bad as a Boston accent. <laughs> I don't know. I can see. You know. Well, Stephanie, we we could um, um, as far as the column goes, we've all read it. We all enjoy it, and uh, it's linked at uh, at our website. If you go to the links page at aroundcomics.com, your column is listed. I'm definitely going to encourage everyone to check it out because you're a very gifted writer, and we really enjoy the column. And you're a girl. And your girl. Which is, you know, unfortunately a rare commodity, uh, even though I'll probably get in trouble for saying that. But, <laughs> but, um, well, you no, know. see, that's okay. We're not that rare, and that's kind of why I wanted to start the column in the first place was so that other girls who like comics could maybe have someone to connect with. Because as cool as you guys are, and as cool as other columnists like Matt Fraction are, sometimes when you're a girl, you want to hear things. From a fangirl's perspective. Sure, absolutely. I can understand that completely. Yeah, and and you know, we thank you because you're showing people out there that you know there are different avenues into comics. That you're saying, hey, it's okay to be a girl and read comics, and it's different whenever that comes from a girl as opposed to a guy that says, hey, there's stuff for everyone here. So you know, you're doing a service and writing a really entertaining column. So that's very cool. Especially if it comes from a creepy guy. <laughs> it's okay for girls. Yeah. Okay see see Tom's column. Yeah, so. <clears throat> my next installment, Creepy Man uh-huh. Says. Well, I, I tell you what, we'll, um, let's, uh, let's go ahead and get into today's topic. And uh, I'll, let, uh, I'll let folks know that this topic has been our second most requested topic from listeners. And uh, the, we have intentionally held it, off. Was that right behind the little rascal slash fiction? <laughs> no, it was. Oh, no, that that's number three. Actually, you know, every, uh, we talked about it before. The number one requested show is movies. Yeah, com- every, everyone wants to talk about comic book movies. But this is actually number two, and uh, and we've put off discussing it because, uh, well, it scares us to death. <laughs> if there was ever a topic that we could offend every single person who listens to around comics this is it uh today we are going to discuss the personalities and stereotypes of comic fans we're going to talk about fanboys fangirls indie snobs the compulsive collector and more for this episode of around comics no one is safe um before we start i want everyone to understand that we're going to be making fun of ourselves as much as anyone today and not me uh <laughs> Sal, sal's all sal's all primed and ready to go stereotypes are out there for a reason but i think we're going to try and spend as much time 
disproving stereotypes as picking on them, but I'm sure there are going to be things that are said that are going to upset people. So before Just you run and send us hate mail, don't take that. anything we say too seriously. We're we're all three geeks, just like anyone else out yeah. there, and we're not trying to pick on anyone. Um, and on that note, to uh, get things uh, off on the right foot, we had a, a fantastic post this week on the Around Comics forum. Um, it helped me understand more about stereotypes, and I think it's a perfect place to start. Uh, this is a post from Matt Kramer, and uh, Tom is going to read it. Stereotypes aren't a bad thing. They're a cognitive shortcut. They free up our mental processes, so we're able to take in more information about our surroundings. If we see someone wearing a Green Lantern t-shirt, has poor hygiene, and is overweight, our stereotypes will fire a comic book fan. In theory, this would free us up to talk to said individual and find out more about him to either confirm or deny the stereotype. But most people are fine with letting the base stereotype stand. Is this a good thing? No. Can it be 100% avoided? No. Unfortunately, stereotypes tend to exemplify negative qualities because most of the definitions we make between groups have negative connotations. As it's easier to separate yourself from someone based on a negative than a positive. Would you rather say, he has poor hygiene, than he has a significantly higher IQ than me? No. That's just the way that stereotypes work. In the end, stereotypes are there for us to use as a shortcut for us to build information upon. Very, very nice. And, and I'm sure that is the exact voice that Matt used when, whenever he wrote that. Oh yeah. Um, but I, I think it brings up some really valid points that you know we need stereotypes in not just how we evaluate comic book fans, but how we evaluate anyone that we meet. It's it's a it's a part of how we process information. Well, the problem is, is once you you process that information, is what you do with it, and generally. What we do with it is is the wrong thing, as opposed to using it uh, like your brain wants you to, as opposed to what your you know prejudices or or you know biases or, or whatever your you know have been uh, brought up to believe in it tends to either fuel or or uh, diminish those you know those stereotypes. Uh, so really, stereotypes not bad what we do with the stereotypes that are. I, I think I would agree with that. So um, let's, uh, let's start with the number one stereotype. Are we going to start with the collectors? <laughs> no, 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 Stephanie. No. We're going we're we're to get to the compulsive collectors later. <laughs> Just relax. Obsessive <laughs> compulsive. <laughs> but we will start with the number one stereotype in comic fans, and we'll actually let Stephanie start with her thoughts on them, and that is fanboys. <laughs> Stephanie, you're fanboys. What 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 is your opinion of either the stereotypical fanboy or the fanboys well, that you have met and and gotten to know? Um, I would say the stereotypical fanboy is the guy who just wants to be close to you and talk to you because you are a girl in a comic store. And not only does he not know what to say and keep making an ass out of himself, but he keeps asking you out even though you say no. Uh, I think that's probably the stereotype. But most guys that I have met um, that have contacted me because they've read my column have actually been really cool and they're 
interested in things like how did I get into comics and well, you know, I really want to share this hobby with maybe my girlfriend. How do I do that? Or, wow, I can't believe there are girls out there that read comics. Where can I find more of you? Wait, they don't so, have they don't have girlfriends. Yeah, yeah. it's a trick. <laughs> it's, a, it's a trick. Tom. <laughs> well, I think I think we should certainly when a, when a fanboy and a fangirl fall in love. Oh, oh, there's nothing prettier. They, they spawn there's the ultimate geek child. And a little fanboy is born. <laughs> Hero clicks for life. <laughs> Actually, there, there's there's some ancient tomes that describe this as the uh, the savior geek that will come and, and, and <laughs> the messiah, <laughs> the messiah geek, the Marvel messiah, <laughs> the most overweight geek of all time. <laughs> well, Strong I think maybe Knox. maybe we should talk about like these stereotypes and sort of. Should we maybe give a description of what the ah, prototypical I've got it. stereotype, like what is the description? I've got it right here. When you hear, fa- well, no, no, I mean like each of us, what do you think of when you think of fanboy? Okay. You know, I, because in some ways, you know, it's been, it's been used and almost like reclaimed by fans, you know? Yeah. Uh, well, where, it's going to mean something very different to me than to you guys because I'm a girl. What? So no. the term fanboy is going to have a very different connotation to me than to See, you, because I'm a girl. Well, is fanboy for you as as a girl, is it a negative stereotype, or is it a positive? For me personally, no. Um, for some girls, probably. I kind of just... I, mm-hmm. I, I, just... I love dorks. I think they're cute. <laughs> I love them. I'm home with me. Wow, you're you know you're going to have a lot of fans from that statement. I think. Yeah, I know. Yeah, t- time to change there's, that email address, there's Stephanie. There's 25 guys in here staring right now at us. <laughs> Where, where's what? she from? Where's yeah, she from? Philadelphia. What? Yeah. Um, actually, um, Wikipedia has a very <laughs> lengthy <laughs> Wikipedia. Wikip- I, I love Wikipedia because it's the most unreliable yet most entertaining source for for information. And they have a huge entry on fanboys, like subcategories of fanboys. But this is the one that I thought was most uh, pertinent to what we're talking about. And from Wikipedia, the term originated in comic book circles to describe someone who immersed himself in the fictional worlds of comics and the culture of comic fandom. The term is often used in a derogatory manner by other less obsessed fans. The stereotypical image of the fanboy is an unkempt, socially awkward young man who may be perceived as a loudmouth pseudo-intellectual. A popular depiction of this stereotype is the comic book guy on The Simpsons. Or Mark Beatty, the manager of Dark Tower Comics. Thank you very much. Um, to me, that's more, of the, that's more of the stereotypical hardcore collector. Uh, well, can, can they be the same? They can. Oh, certainly. The I think they they thing. they definitely overlap one another to some degree. But you, I think you have hardcore collectors that are not necessarily obsessive about the material as as much as obsessive about the actual books. They're collecting. You know, they're they don't may not even read half of what yeah. they're you know collecting. They're just buying them, you know, to put away somewhere with the hopes and dreams that the, you know. Well, yeah, and that—that's the whole speculator. Well, wouldn't they more be speculators? Yeah, that—that's yeah. what I was, you know. Well, I think there's an element to the—the the thing to me that really <coughs> makes the fanboy thing derogatory is when I think of a fanboy, I think of someone whose predisposition is almost to 
dislike things based upon criteria that to me seems ridiculous. You know, like someone who'd be like, I can't enjoy this because of something. And then they tell me why they don't enjoy it. And I sit there and think, I'm like, why would you not enjoy something I, I, I based think on that, that I idea? think that your stereotypical fanboy is usually waiting for the opportunity <coughs> to complain about Pounce. something. Yeah, yeah. yeah they, 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 they wait to complain or point out an inaccuracy, you know, which we get into factoids, which comes later. You know, I think that's the thing about fanboys is that they may just be the uber collection of every bad stereotype well, morphed into one. I think it gets used as sort of just a... Mm-hmm. I use it just to describe anyone that annoys me. To be honest, well, you know, I like, mean, but I think I think that's you know? a good that's a good point though. Is that has it become you know has it become something that's more of a joke within fans themselves? And anytime you do something fanboyish, you're labeled a fanboy. I think I think anyone that may read comics or collect comics or you know around comics, if you will. Has Just certain plug 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 on her own show. <laughs> They're already listening. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna, ju- I'm gonna jump into this here for a minute. Go I ahead. think what Tom was talking about with the um the fan the quote unquote fanboy criteria where you can't like certain things. I think that applies to not only comics, but I think that applies to films and to video games. And to anime too. Like I'll hear people all the time, and they'll say, "Oh, I don't want to. I don't want to play any Final Fantasy after seven because they all suck." <laughs> well, I mean, that's just a well, they're right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're not debating whether or not they're right. No, 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 no they're, they're, they're not right. I'm just kidding. I think those people exist in every fan subsect for yeah. every genre. Well, that, you know, Music that, too, that's you know? Chris and I both work for for someone who's a uh, who gives us a hard time once in a while mm-hmm. about our our you know love of comic books, and um, and I pointed out to him one day, well, you know, he he has his own things that he's as big a geek about. They may oh. just be Fabergé eggs. No, he he happens to be a pilot. <laughs> yeah. Um, he, you know, he, he's a, he's an amateur pilot and he, you know, he loves anything about planes and like he, you know, researches the history of, of famous pilots and collects their autographs and, and he's just as geeky about that. But, you know, being a pilot is something intre- you know, naturally a little more cool yeah. than collecting comics, unfortunately. Yeah, it's not less expensive He's like though. Hal Jordan. Well, he. <laughs> I was gonna say I do. I'm gonna pro- count the Hal Jordan references. <laughs> Some of those weren't recorded, so wait, I'd appreciate not mentioning them. <laughs> wait, wait till he gets on the Flash. Then. <laughs> Stephanie, there should be an there should be an outtake for Tom's uh, Green Lantern references. We oh. we call them Easter eggs on the Turn forum. Around. So <laughs> don't go all too Marte, man. <laughs> Stephanie, do you find that your stereotypical fanboy um, likes or absolutely hates manga? Um, in my experience, um, they don't like it. I mean, I've gotten some emails from people who have been, because I've written columns about manga and I do manga reviews for Silver Bullets, and I got a interesting email from someone and they're like, they said, I don't like manga, but I appreciate you writing this column. Um, so my experience has been that they don't typically like it. But a lot of the other thing I've experienced is that a lot of the typical fanboy doesn't necessarily understand what manga is. Or they they mispronounce it and call it manga like me. 
<laughs> I used the I Japanese used to. cartoons. Learned... Manga is the correct pronunciation. Viz <laughs> corrected me on this at New York City, but I always called it manga growing up, so I'm trying to correct myself now. Yeah, but isn't in some ways that sort of a defensive mechanism by people that you you know when when someone doesn't like something that you do, you you ultimately you know just sort of say, well, they just don't understand it. And I'm not trying to attack you in any way with that comment. I'm just saying all of us. I mean, I know myself personally, I won't, you know, I hate to admit it, but I know that there's certain times where, you know, if I enjoy something and someone criticizes it, 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 it you know, it, it affects me in some way. It is, you know, uh, I, I'm not going to say it injures me in I any way. No, but- I know what you mean, and that's a good question. Um, I don't know the answer to that. Um, I think... I think it's a little bit from column A, a little bit from column B. Yes, I want people to like manga because I think it's awesome. But I also think a lot of people don't understand manga because when it was first being published in the state, it was a lot of um, stuff with a very with a very stereotypical art style with very big eyes, very super deformed, and that was a lot of the stuff that very first came to, came out. Things sure. like Dragon Ball Z. And a lot of people who don't like that particular art style don't necessarily realize that there are now a lot more titles that are, for one thing, a lot more adult and drawn in a way that's much more, some titles, some much more darker, some have a much more almost comic book look to them. Well, I think what people, you know... And I think people don't realize that. I think a lot of times people don't understand that there's so many... Genres, genres within, within manga. Yeah. Manga itself. It's same thing with comics. And Chris and I have talked about this before. A lot of people that don't read comics or only read a specific type of comic, they don't realize that comics, comic books are not a genre. Comic books are a medium, and there are you know Multiple, an endless yeah. you know array of genres within that com- you know within that medium. Same with manga. You know there are so many types of manga and so many different stories being told. At this point, I don't know. I mean, I think at one point you could probably classify it a little easier in the early, you know, days of of, of, of manga being, you know, uh, translated and, and brought over here. But now there's so much more of it and so many differing styles of it. It's, you know, you're absolutely right. I don't, I don't see how you couldn't find something you would enjoy. Well, I think manga, in in the sense of stereotypes, I think manga is suffering from what comics are suffering from. When everyone thinks of American comic books, they think of superheroes. I think when a lot of people who haven't read manga think of manga, they think of giant eyes, super deformed characters, and a very slow-paced Dragon Ball Z-like story. I think that's the stereotype that manga invokes for people who don't understand what that is. And in some respects, both genres have become... Pigeonhole. Yeah. I'm offended. I don't understand. <laughs> well, hey, so speak, and, and we'll probably come back and and touch on on. I, I think we've called it uh, manga nerds is, is the stereotype. <laughs> manga nerds. Um, but w- we need to we need to offend some more people. So, uh, Sal, can you read Brian Bowles' post <coughs> from the forum? Sure, Brian. Uh, Brian Bowles is uh, uh, one of our forum guys, and he said. Um, my biggest stereotypical fanboy pet peeve is a noticeable lack of personal hygiene at the shop I frequent. I realize that buying a stick of deodorant means one less supreme boob girl variant foil color cover, 
but it would be doing us all a big favor. In all honesty, I most resemble the indie snob stereotype, or I did until the past year or so. Um, you know, I, bathe, take a well, shower. Okay, here's here's my. <laughs> you run into that. it. Go ahead. Tom. You run into it on the train. You know, like well, yeah, that's you, like anytime you're around people, you're gonna meet up with someone who has decided that cleanliness is not godliness. You know, like I rode on the train on Friday next to a guy who smelled. Like he just dipped himself in urine, <laughs> you know. Like and that happens made. on the train. That's not you know. It's, not yeah, just comic well, That's but it's life. it's one of those things where you're, it, it 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 for whatever reason everyone knows at least one guy <laughs> in a comic shop or at a convention. Wow, one guy at a convention. Oh my god! Try well. No, in a, in a, come on. Ever, um, it, did you ever see the cartoon with Foamy the Squirrel where he's talking about con stink? <laughs> The smell at conventions and yelling at people to chuck a bar of soap under their arms and scrub. <laughs> I haven't seen that one. Calm stink. I w- that's hilarious. <laughs> I, you know, I don't know. I've went, I've been to a, a you know a handful of conventions and and yeah, occasionally I've run a run across a guy. Maybe I'm just not. It only takes that one guy out of. Well, 100. I think that's that was my point. Terrible. That was my point, though. You you know, you go to a convention and well, you know. 50,000 people you run across in that convention, and you run across one or two guys that happen to stink, and it's like all of a sudden, oh, there's this huge contingent of smelly comic book fans. I, You know, it's just one of those things that I think people blow out of proportion where, yeah, it's not a pleasant thing, and everyone should have a certain amount of, of personal hygiene, but, yeah. you know, I, I think that for the majority of comic book fans, I, I don't know that... I mean, they all smell. You know, that's my point, I at, guess. Uh, you know, I like the airplane I don't think think any worse than, you know, any other gathering of people of that size. I agree with you. Go, I mean, go, like, go to a NASCAR race one day. Or like the airplane <laughs> conventions. I'm sure not all of them have finally, you know, quaffed hair and like mirrored <laughs> sunglasses. I'm sure there's one fat guy looking at planes who stinks too, you know? Aroundcomics.com, your source for discussion, news, and reviews about your favorite comics and creators. New podcasts available every Monday. Go to www.aroundcomics.com. We've got a lot of other ones that I want to uh, go over here. The next probably most recognizable stereotype <laughs> is it, within the comics community is the indie snob. Yes. Uh, mm-hmm. um, Stephanie, do you run across the indie snob in your line of work? I have not run across the indie snob in my line of work because I haven't really, um, I don't know why, I just, maybe, they, maybe they don't want to talk to me because I, because I read manga. Well, th- this, is, this is what um, D. Drace on the forum had to say, and I'm actually, uh, Dustin Drace posted this um, on, on the thread, and it's like the, the guide to comic stereotypes he's got like a hierarchy yeah and it's it's hilarious but he says says about the indie snob these folks read only the coolest small run comics and graphic novels and if you haven't heard of what they read well then you're probably just a lame golden geek and uh, he goes on to golden geeks after that but yeah i I think the the stereotypical indie snob never buys anything from marvel or anything from dc and if you do then you don't know you know how cool real comics are and you should only be buying stuff from super obscure companies and, and it's like like oni would be like the most mainstream company that you could ever buy anything you're, from. you're a sellout if you're not making and printing your own comic book and selling it to yourself i call it the, <laughs> the gary groth syndrome the the guy who started fanographics in the comic journal which 
I, I don't I don't mean that as a complete insult because the guy has done an amazing amount of work for independent comics. I think I think where this comes from is that a lot of these guys have have either you know started off when they were younger reading comics and at some point became ashamed of it. And but they still love the medium. They still love comics. So in order to to cover up that shame, they found something that they can praise as high art. Um, and and no doubt there are certain levels of comics. I mean, you know there there are extremely good independent comics that delve into very serious issues and artistically are 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 much more abstract or creative or or. I guess just delve into that much more than your average Marvel or DC comic. Um, but these guys, you know, they 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 are just closed minded. You know, they 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 are they're afraid to ever admit that they've ever read anything. You know, or... there there's a podcast out there that if you've listened to this show, you know I love, and that's Indie Spinner Rack. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I absolutely love about that show is that they talk about indie comics, and they almost exclusively talk about indie comics. But every once in a while, you'll hear either Chuck or Phil will say, oh, you know, yeah, I, you know, read Infinite Crisis last week and blah, 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 or, you know, I, I did I did pick up, you know, a Marvel title here or there, where they have the perfect platform to only talk about indie and be totally indie snobby, and they're not. They're comic fans who love independent comics right. maybe more than mainstream, and that's great. And that's sort of the, 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 to me, that's the, you know, the difference, is that there are plenty of people that read nothing but indie comics, and they love that, and they talk about how they love that but the difference is when you do nothing but bash any other type of comic and go out of your way to try and put that down or put people down that read those type of comics. I don't know what the point of that is other than trying to make yourself feel better about something. So, well, I think it's the same thing with fanboys. I don't, I don't know what the point of that is either. <laughs> There is no point because it's all about what your tastes are, you know. And I think the anti or the mirror image to the indie snob is the fanboy because you're stereotypical. I was um mm-hmm. I was talking to someone a couple months ago about the um the factions between the indie snobs and the rest of us, and he said, you know, it's okay that there are people out there that will read nothing but indie books. And I agreed with him that it's okay if that's all you want to read, but I think that they should have an understanding that there are people that want to read superhero books too, or other kinds of books, or goth books, and that those books aren't necessarily bad because they don't read them. Well, you know, in my opinion of of it, and I I read a lot of indie stuff, I I read a lot of mainstream stuff, I mean, I enjoy both of them for different reasons. I don't think you have to look at the medium and go, oh, you know, you can only enjoy this type of comic one way or another, whether it's a mainstream superhero book or it's an indie book or it's a manga book, whatever it may be. You know, if you don't like this, then, you you know, you're wrong. And that's just an idiotic statement, in my opinion. I read different types of books for different types of enjoyment. I think it works for all this. I think this is a quality that kind of fits for all the stereotypes is that when people get together to talk about anything, there's something about someone who talks positive that doesn't ring true to your gut, and that you react much quicker to someone who's willing to say something's bad, and then you're willing to agree with it. Like, if someone comes up to me and says, oh, this book's bad, I'd be like, oh, okay, yeah. 
that's you know that's bad. If someone comes up to me and says, "Oh, this book was awesome," there's a part of me maybe just because I'm really cynical and jaded that thinks like. <laughs> You know, you're an oh, idiot. Yeah, like yeah. what? You know, like <laughs> there's a po- positive isn't as easy to take as negative for a lot of people. I mean, well, one, for me included. I'm, I'm going to inter- I'm going to interrupt. No, Tom no, you're here. not One thing I don't think we touched on is I think a lot of people feel like by reading only a certain type of book that you're making like a, a political statement. Well, that. You're you're above everyone else because you only read this certain thing, and that kind of mindset carries into other things as well. Sure, it's well, the I same think... as people who are like, I'm I'm better than everyone who listens to pop because I only listen to techno. Well, everyone thinks that. Everyone thinks that their pull list is the best possible set of books they can get on some level, or their I mean, their like, favorite well, movies. Yeah, I mean, exactly. So I think it's just like. Well, it definitely translates into other mediums, uh, you know, movies, music, books, you know, regular uh, books and, and anything else. I mean, you definitely see it everywhere. And it's just it's people, you know, it starts out as nonconforming. It's like, you know, you, you, punk, you know, punk rock. I, I grew up listening to punk and it was rebellious. And and I start, you know, I listened to it because I wanted to, to be separate from the norm. But then it, be, it became the norm. It became, you know, and it's like... Well, that, that's a point that I wanted to jump in with. You look at... Chris, you, you, you made me think of the best example about this in a comic book ever. Okay, go ahead. Um, did you ever hear the book Serenity Rose? Serenity Rose. Oh, she stumped it's us. A really, no. I think it was canceled. Slave Labor put it out. It was a really small Eclipse? title. Um, it was. It's a couple years old. There's one part in the book where... This girl is on TV. This girl's on TV, and she's being interviewed. I don't remember why, and she's talked. She's complaining about how not all of the darker indie books are as good as the original indie books. <laughs> and so the reporter basically says to her, and I might have to dig the book out to see what I'm talking about. The reporter says to her, "Well, why does why does everything have to match up to this?" Well, that I mean, that's you know, sort of. I, I, it was interesting. I read an article um, the other day, and I don't have it in front of me, but it was a, uh, a Japanese, a female Japanese manga artist uh, and writer, and um, she was talking about otaku, which I'm not really versed in all that, but I guess otaku is sort of like geek, you know, um, here, and she was she was complaining because that there's like the. the the mainstream has glommed onto that culture or subculture and made it, you know, hip to some degree. And she's complaining because these people, you know, it's like they've come in late and they're not real, you know, real otaku. They're, you know, she, she, you know, at the end of the article, I remember she was, you know, saying, you know, I, I uh, spent my life indoors and didn't go outside because that's what real otaku do. And, and that's sort of, you know, my point is, is just sort of, it's funny how you you see in a lot of different areas, whether it's comics or movies or music, it's like people, you know, trying to run away from the mainstream and 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 associate with something else, whether it's punk or uh, independent films or independent yeah, grunge, comics, grunge, grunge yeah, you know, whatever. You know, the but then all of a sudden it becomes mainstream, and you you, you see them complaining because. You know, oh well, you're not a real, you know, hardcore whatever it may be, and it's just it's just sort of funny to me that that you see that 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 attitude. Do Do you ever think that? Yeah, I, uh, I think the original um, fans sometimes feel slighted when they see people who wouldn't have been into this 
suddenly getting into it and throwing around terms like geek and otaku. Kind of like, I guess I think it's kind of like how you would feel if the geek that, the guy that picked on you in high school, all of a sudden you saw him walking around with Green Lantern. You'd want to tear it out of his hands and yell, how dare you? <laughs> yeah, you, you ever think our culture will evolve or devolve to the point where like people like intentionally like put on weight and wear like old <laughs> old green lantern yeah, watch shirts out Chicago, watch out uh, <laughs> wizard world chicago i'm not bathing because it's like the <laughs> most authentic geek you can be well it is funny though that you know you, you sort of like you paid your dues you know it's like you went through it and you had to suffer through being called a geek or you know being shunned by society and then all of a sudden it becomes popular and all these people, you know, glom onto it, and it's just like, you know, you bastards. Well, you didn't go through this. I paid my dues. Yeah, well, I mean, that's <laughs> that's sort of it, I guess. I think um, I think the culture goes in and has its spurts of popularity. Um, like right now, punk is experiencing a big resurgence, and I see that's not they, punk. No, I know it's not punk, and I see. 16-year-old girls wearing clothes that I had in the 80s when I was 10, and I'm like, oh, my God, why? But I just think these things go in cycles, and in five years, maybe it'll be goth again, and everybody will want to be goth. Oh, God, I hope not. Wait. (laughs) I just think when the cycle changes, the people who are just into it for the sake of it being popular, I think they'll phase themselves out of it. I'm I'm waiting for the middle-aged, graying, fat, (laughs) <laughs> father of two guy to really become popular. <laughs> I hear that's coming in next year. Is that, is that yeah, coming in? Yeah. Cool. Be All right. I'm set. Adopting children. <laughs> I'm hey, ready to hey, go. Hey, guys, because we have a, a ton of people that we can offend and piss off here i'm gonna get i'm gonna get to uh, dustin's post here and we're gonna break them all down i'm gonna read his post and then we can go through them uh, lightning round we've already <laughs> this is the lightning, <laughs> round, of the geek lightning round we've already talked about fanboys and indie snobs now next he has the golden geek nothing modern for these folks how could anything ever compare to superman batman spider-man or the avengers all heroes of all time and, and there are there are folks that will only read golden age comics because it never gets better than that and don't you say the name that you're going to say <laughs> no i was just like guys that will only read like silver age spider-man <laughs> Stop it. Stop. I'm sorry. Okay, next is, and, and we love you. You know who you are. And, <laughs> Just uh, kidding. Um, uh, <laughs> Mark put me um, up to that. Sorry. Next is, obsessives. These folks have every variant of every comic ever produced. They spend hours staring intently at the corner of every comic they buy and are often seen haggling with sellers at conventions. Uh, next are factoids. Ever been to a Star Trek convention? The guy who sits yes. up at the front of every panel and knows everything about every episode? That's a factoid. That, that's embarrassing. Oh, and Tom is a huge factoid. <laughs> I'm so, yeah. I'm ashamed to admit it. And I, and I love this because Dustin put bonus points if they speak Elvish, Klingon, or any other made-up language. <laughs> oh, no, no. I don't speak Klingon. I knew a kid in high Romulan. school. Romulan? You do speak Romulan. Though. Yes. Well, I'm embarrassed that I even know that much. <laughs> I speak Haxor. What the hell is Haxor? What is that? Have you ever heard of the webcomic Mega Tokyo? Sure. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know the um, shirts that um, the one character Largo wears that says, like, Evil Leap? Yes, I've seen that. The 1337, that's Haxor. <laughs> Sometimes I feel... Because I, I, um, 
my day job is in the communications field, so I deal with techies. Sometimes I feel like I should put it on my resume. <laughs> <laughs> well, 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 that leads and us in. communicate with IT nerds. Well, that, that leads us into the Stephanie Mangold, which is the manga nerd. Uh, these fo- manga <laughs> nerd. <laughs> manga, manga nerd. <laughs> this is what Dustin says. He goes, these folks creep me out. There's something seriously warped about a cultural phenomenon that would propagate things like erotic. Yeah, um, or as I like to call it, demon rape, wherein demons with seven penises brutally <coughs> penetrate everything they see. What? There's nothing Stephanie, wrong with is this that. true? I can honestly say I have never done or read anything involving tentacles. <laughs> so I guess Cthulhu? our question would be, where is... Uh, Drizzle getting these books from <laughs> these we're going to have to ask him <laughs> yeah. next time he's in the Where are you getting these books? <laughs> I didn't hear you. The, the, uh, we're, I'm we're, just wondering where he got this info that these books exist. He's um, downloading them. <laughs> stealing them. There's um, a genre of... Uh, well, I don't know so much about manga, but there's a genre of anime called hentai, which is like porn, basically. It's cartoon porn. And there's lots of stuff with um, tentacles. and. I'm, I'm glad I, I didn't know I don't know, that. know, but I really like when I go to anime conventions and they have hentai rooms and everyone gets together in a big room and watches porn. Oh, that's wrong. <laughs> you watch porn at home <laughs> by your, you know. <laughs> you hide you it and you, you <laughs> never <laughs> tell anyone. <laughs> even, even if it's cartoon porn, I just kind of always thought that's something you're supposed to do, you know. In the basement while your parents are sleeping. That's the whole point of it, isn't it? I mean... <laughs> Car- but cartoon porn. Well, there's real porn with real people. T- Tom is strangely aroused. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> how many tentacles? <laughs> okay. The ne- like I said, I do not do anything involving tentacles. I am a tentacle-free manga fan. And just think about think about all those suckers just all over you. Just <laughs> now I'm getting right, strangely <laughs> aroused. Uh, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna say, uh, Tom, you probably should have kept that as a quiet thought. <laughs> a quiet thought inside. We say that a lot. Uh, next is another one that I think that Stephanie would um, would fall into, which is toy nerds. Um, ever notice? Uh, uh, I think you would fall into that, my friend. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I am, I am a. a to- oh, you should see my office at work. It is absolutely ridiculous. Uh, but Stephanie, you were telling us before we uh, before we started the show tonight. What were you doing before we called you? Oh, I was sitting down. I was putting together. Um, I was putting together action figures. <laughs> <laughs> you are. Uh, yeah, I have. <laughs> you know, I I am I am not gonna lie. I am a toy girl. I have toys. I do. I have action figures. Stop it, Sal. Careful what you say. They could be edited very Yeah, I, I, <laughs> don't. I, I have action. I have an action figure that cost me a hundred bucks. Wow. Whoa. <laughs> what action? If you don't mind me asking, what action figure would that be? Cloud from Final Fantasy VII Advent Children. Well, the, that was the that only was, Final yeah, Fantasy. Yeah, that was the last good one. Because after that, they all <laughs> suck. Oh, the movie. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. no idea. I, you know, I, I it's it, it's funny, but well, I am um, I'm kind of a I I have an art background, so I'm really into um the whole cute culture that comes out of Japan. I have a lot of I have a lot of art books, and I have a lot of the like really cute chibi figures. I'm really into that from an artistic standpoint, and I'm also 
a gigantic nerd. <laughs> Why don't you move there? <laughs> so, sorry. I sorry. Just... <laughs> Over. To get sent over there. Justify it any way you want, Stephanie. Toy it would cost me too much to get my comic shipped over there. <laughs> well, that's why I'm staying that. here. Well, I, I well, have, that's not the only reason. I've got about like 4,000 hero clicks at home, so I definitely fall into the toy and, nerd. Anyone that has <laughs> Monster Mala, the brain, and Monster one, Mala, Mala, and, and the brain, brain <laughs> is that is. Blew my mind. <laughs> okay, ne- next, Dustin pointed out the Suicide Kids, which I would also call the Goths. That he I, goes, he goes, yeah. The, I'd the, fall into somewhat of that. Oh, you wear blood. I mean, you're the Johnny Cash of comic book <laughs> That's podcasters. Right, uh, because uh, these folks are wearing all black, reading Sandman comics, anything by Neil Gaiman. <laughs> you can spot them by their goth attire and H.R. Geiger tattoos. It's the guy that did the alien design. Oh, okay. So, so Tom is our resident Sandman fan um, (laughs) hater. Yeah, yeah, big time. Um, And in high school, there were always the goths. They were always around. But you know what? Usually, pretty not my high school. Oh, you beat them up. (laughs) No, they just didn't exist yet. They, I'm older than you, Chris. They didn't have. We didn't have goths. They were punks then. Well, I mean, these. I think it's funny is that there's a bunch of goth comics. That do a really good job of making fun of goth culture, and that needs like, to be done. Um, Johnny the Homicidal Maniac does a really good job of poking fun of the whole goth culture. I, and you that's know the like goth, the, the whole, holy grail of goth comics, and I think that's really funny. The whole goth thing to me is a little strange because, in one end, it's like it started out to me, you know, you know, with vampires and black and death, and you know, and that was cool. But then all of a sudden, it turned into like this whiny, crying, you know, crying in the cemetery sort of, you know, culture. And it's you like... You just don't understand what, <laughs> how we feel, all right? And, and, so. now, and now we have emo. And now there's emo. Emo, yeah. And there are all the emo and, and it's funny how, like, emo went from, you know, music, and it's like, now it's like emo comic fans. Wait, you know? emo, the, the if, little... If you ret- ever start doing video, I have a friend who does a fantastic impersonation of, of emo guys. <laughs> well, are we talking? Are we talking about the little red muppet? No, emo Sus- is a that's, musical that's genre. Elmo. Oh, that's Elmo. Elmo is, emo is, emo all, is, is dashboard so confessionals, which I like. Dashboard confessional, but it's a good band. And I also like um, oh what's another band? God. What's that other? Cra- now that- it's a music podcast. No, the right? guy that. Uh, oh God, I can't think of the name of the band. He they do. Gosh, I can't remember it. Dead, dead silence. I can't believe you I like don't know. Oh, you're ruining. I do. Oh, like well, anyway, we can talk about that. <laughs> yeah. later. All right. Ne- next, we've got <laughs> we've got flamers and slaggers. These are the people that go onto the internet message boards just to rip on people. It really doesn't matter the topic, but usually it'll it will start innocuously enough with a discussion about oh the new X Men movie or the Batman comic, and then it will suddenly turn into an online festival of incoherent profanity and demoralization. Well, wh- whoever posted that. That is a fucking moron. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't help it. It's right the, sorry, sorry, everyone. Everybody, tag. everybody knows these guys. Tom, on you just form. made baby Jesus cry. <laughs> he and, just got his heart explicit Tom tag. Happy. Yeah, just got the explicit text again. That's three weeks in a row. Tom. Download it, twelve-year-olds. You know you want to. He's <laughs> <laughs> got an explicit tag. Um, now we flamers, we, we yeah, got, flamers. But flamers sort of is like, 
a real generic because there. I mean, there's flamers in in, in any yeah. of those groups. I mean, you go to any you know goth Mo- you know mo- well movies. Yeah, I mean any you know it's like people just want to rant and rave and bitch about anything because it go it all goes back to sort of that you know if you don't like what I like you're an idiot you know and that's for some reason and the internet is such a you know. Just a haven for that kind of you know place because yeah, you can yeah. do it anonymously. Anonymous bitch. There's nothing that you know. You would never walk up to someone in a party if they <clears throat> if they were talking about a movie and say, "You're retarded for liking <laughs> yeah, that movie." Exactly. You would internet, so do that. Well, <laughs> well, if it. I mean, I told a guy like that. You know, I post on a lot of message boards, or I used to, and you know, there's this one troll on there, and then and started saying something, you know, whatever. And I was arguing with him because I like to argue, but then it got personal. And it's like, you know. I understand you're trying to impress people by insulting me, but you know, if you don't have the balls to say that to my face, don't post it on a message yeah. board. If you want, you know, when you're you're in town next time or you're at a convention, I'll tell you where to meet me and go ahead and say that to my face and yeah. see what happens. Yeah, you know, yeah, you know, and it's like, <laughs> you know, it's like if you don't if you don't if you're not going to say that in person, don't say it on a message board because you can because that's the most cowardice weenie mm. thing you could possibly do is try and be cool on a message board. Steph- Other than me, because I run a message board, but... yeah, Ste- Stephanie, have you ever gotten into any really heated arguments on message boards that turned personal? I have, but um, it's been kind of a long time. When I was um, when I was younger, I used to be really into the whole blogging culture, you know, before everybody and anybody had a blog, I had a blog. And um, I used to hang out on. And they all suck the... because they jumped on the bandwagon. Yeah, th- those aren't <laughs> no, real bloggers just, um, now. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I, I didn't like exactly what Sal you were just talking about the whole the whole internet drama. It just got so annoying that I kind of I haven't really been posting on message boards for the last couple years. I um I actually even I actually even avoided things like MySpace for the longest time. You should uh, post on AroundComics.com's forum where we're kindly and nice. <laughs> I will. I will. <laughs> yeah, my first <laughs> plug in a plug. No, but seriously, <laughs> our forum we want to keep it that because I hate that stuff. I don't want to. And we've even you know we've even had some problems with certain people certain people in the room who who manage comic shops that listen, we won't, you know oh, hey, and it's listen, like, all right just because i've posted like five or six tentacle postings <laughs> everyone's like Tom, stop well, listen to aroundcomics.com podcast new every monday for once you won't be lying to your parents when you tell them you're not looking at porn what's uh Let's move on to the last the last group of people that we're going to upset here, and that is role players and gamers. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> I, I could talk about this one. Well, okay, go ahead. Um, are you for it or against it? What side are you on, yeah. Stephanie Mangold? Go. I've uh, I've been on the uh, I've been on the um, receiving end of the gaming stereotype, uh, having played games my whole life a lot. What what um, games? What? What what games have you played? What games am I playing now? Or, or no, have, or you, ha- any, have you played? Any of your favorites. Um, I really like role-playing games, and I really like survival horror games. Like um, Resident Evil, Silent Hill. Two of my favorites. Mm-hmm. I, I, I used to play... Um, what was it? I never played Dungeons and Dragons, but I had a friend in grade I did. school. I had a friend in grade school that was really big into uh, riffs from Palladium. 
who would make me oh, play yeah. it. And I used to, I, I really liked it for about four months, and then that was right around the time where I started drinking. <laughs> <laughs> like... First time I drank was like fourteen, and then that ended. Bizarre time it's been. I played riffs. I was a huge role, role player when I was younger. I I don't any longer, but I did for a long time. It was and fun. Yeah, you know, it's it's uh, it is what it is. But you definitely get. I mean, that's a that's a huge stereotype. I mean, you're you're a role player. You play Dungeons and Dragons. It's like you got a big G. You know, the scarlet G on your forehead. <laughs> I um, remember in uh, college as a joke, a friend of mine and I told a bunch of people that. Um, I was a really good dungeon master, and that they wanted to play, <laughs> they wanted to play some D and D just to like give me a call. And people kind of looked at me really weird. But one guy sent me an email, and I never told anyone about it. I was like, no, that was just a joke. But I remember, <laughs> I remember we did that. We went out and told people that. So, Stephanie, are you a very good dungeon master? Am I a very good dungeon master? No, I've never played. Um, I've never played D and D mainly because I don't know. Um, I don't know anyone that role plays. Um, Charisma. Well, actually, low. no. I have one. I have one friend who does, but he lives in Iowa. Uh, well, there's a reason <laughs> why he's a role player in Iowa. What no, you no, need to do is no, you I'm need to roll that twenty. I, I, I'm. I used to be. I've been to like Gen Con and. <laughs> I mean, I was a huge role playing nerd. You can never give but me crap about Hero Quest. I, I ever actually, again. and I can't think of his name. Uh, I, I should dig it up because, like, my greatest, you know, role playing experience was I, I went to Gen Con one year and we were camping, you know, going to Gen Con because we didn't have any money. And we ended up, like, playing uh, a game with, I can't, and I can't think of his name, but he was, like, one of the writers for Dungeons and Dragons. He actually wrote, you know, <laughs> The game, and it was like the greatest thing in the world. Such a dork. I know, I'm a huge dork. When I don't know, that's a fine. Perfect you know. twenty on his initiative, and you were oh, just like, you know, I don't remember. Wow, anymore. he must have I, written. This. Yeah, no, you, you know, it was like, wow, you know, that was the coolest thing in the oh, world. God. And then I moved on to. Film. I, I oh. was a huge geek, but the, but the the point was, oh. I was a big geek, so I didn't, you know. I well, I, th- I think Stephanie's more. You, you would classify yourself as more of a <laughs> gamer than a role player, then, right? No, I, I love was, role playing. No, I was a no, but, but Stephanie. I would cla- I would classify myself more as a gamer, and probably the biggest stereotype I get is, well, you you suck or you can't play games because you're a chick, so you have no skills. Oh, that's, that's, just, that's you, what I face. You, you wouldn't know to stuff a dwarf in a backpack if you're trapped in a cave. <laughs> that's role playing. <laughs> Hey, I took out a silver dragon by myself when I was a... The other one I get is that, oh, you just have no life. Like, when I started playing World of Warcraft, everyone, all of my friends were like, oh, we're never going to see you again. Oh, that that is... People automatically assume that people who play video games just sit in their house all day and play video games. Did you ever see them again? <laughs> um, I did actually. <laughs> I had a friend who. Uh, I actually, I actually saw them all last night, and we went out, and it wasn't to a comic book store, <laughs> and there were no comics involved. I have a friend who who calls EverQuest Ever Crack because he can, you know, he he'll lock himself in a, uh, in a in his house and just play EverQuest for days. hours and uh, yeah, days and days and days on time. Uh, well, well, Steph, there is one stereotype that. You know why we have you here, and because you are a girl, and this is a broad, sweeping stereotype, and that is the stereotype of girls who do read comics or are in what you would call the geek culture. So, for some insight from you, because we can't speak 
for girls, uh, uh, you know, and, and we've been informed. About I can, that. yeah, it's, uh, Sal can. I'm in um, touch with my female. Wh- what? Well, no, but it, honestly, it's like even when like we started talking to her today, mm-hmm. it's like, well, you know, I even said something stupid like, "Well, you're a girl, and they're rare in common," you know, and it's like I, at this point, well, to some, you know, relatively, yes, there are less female readers of comics than there are male by a huge margin, mm-hmm. but it's like we have to classify them that way. Yeah. You know, it's like she, you know, and I think, Stephanie, you even mentioned that, you know, when you first started writing about comics, you you started writing maybe about, you know, to try and talk to other female readers, but then you just started writing about comics. It had nothing to do with your gender. It was just comics. comics. And and I think that's, you know, I think that, not to speak for women, but again. for women right now. Well, no, but I think. Let a woman speak. I think anyone. so you're going to let me talk about the girls. All right, go ahead. Yes, what the woman? I think probably that is the biggest stereotype is that there are no girl geeks. And the other one is that we are all the female version of the guy from The Simpsons, that we are all fat, ugly, and socially awkward. Um, It's just nobody assumes that a girl can be pretty and smart and successful and be into comics or that she can even be into comics at all. And it's funny because you've mentioned how the readership on the comic side and the population in the uh, comic industry of women is low. But if you're a super nerd like me and you go to anime conventions, which I do, the women actually outnumber the men. Mm-hmm. Um, probably all, It's probably about 60, 60, 40 women to men. Well, I think, <laughs> don't you do. I think that what needs to happen with that stereotype is that guys need to let girls in the clubhouse a little more. Um, when I first started writing, there was actually another girl who did an article, Johanna Stokes, she writes for Boom. She did a, a series called Girl in the Clubhouse over at um, Comic Book Resources. And it was really interesting, and it was talking about how there are girls who are geeks and how you can make them feel more comfortable in saying to the comic community, we're here, we like comics, instead of staying at home and ordering their comics online and reading them in secret away from their boyfriends. Well, I mean, it, it's a really hard thing for a lot of, of male geeks when it, you know, because we honestly feel like there aren't that many women readers in comics. And whenever we come across one, it's the you look at the the bad social skills and every, everything instead of instead of focusing on being a comic book fan, everything comes back to gender. And I think that is the number one mistake is, you know, you you have to stop focusing on gender and start talking about the industry, start talking about interests. And Sal, what do you have to say? <laughs> no, no, <I> was, <laughs> I'm sorry. I was going to say it's like a black guy in hockey. <laughs> it's just do you it, it doesn't for the black ma- guy. No, it, just, it doesn't matter. That he plays hockey, or how good or bad, you know. Th- there's been a, a handful of of black goalies and black mm-hmm. players in hockey, and it has nothing to do with whether or not they're a good hockey player. It's that they're it black. All, and they it all has hockey. to do with that yeah. they're black, and yeah. it's you know it's the same sort of thing. It's it has nothing to do with whether or not you're an intelligent, informed, or interesting comic book fan. It's that you're a girl who likes comic books. And, well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, initially it is, but I think a lot of times when guys talk to me that that stereotype goes away for them and that they're like, okay, well, she's just a cool fan. I think and there's the initial appeal of me being a girl, 
But then as time goes on, I think people get over that. Well, I think that, you know, goes back to where we started the show with, with Matt's post was that, you know, stereotypes are there for a reason. But it's what we do with that stereotype. You have to have that stereotype to get past your initial reaction and then start talking. And I think that, in general, that gender is focused on way too much. And, you know, I, you know, Stephanie, I can tell by talking to you for the last what, hour, hour and a half with recording time and not, that you're a good comic fan. And I, I don't want to feel like I had you on the show today because you are a female comic fan. And that's not why we had you on the show. Um, I, I don't feel that way at all. Don't worry. Okay. Don't be freaked out that next week we're having a transgender person <laughs> on the show. It's got nothing. It's no. not, We're not doing that. That's not our Tom, goal. are you ready to reveal your secret to the world? <laughs> <laughs> but No! <laughs> You know, there, there's, there's. You know, money. you set yourself up for that. I know. That's, uh, and in editing, we will really make it tight. <laughs> but there, there's another listener of the show that that Tom and I talk to quite a bit, and that's Amy Liff, who lives in uh, the UK. Just an absolutely fantastic comic fan, and she happens to be a girl. So you know, uh, you know that that's just one of those stereotypes that I, I think that. Maybe we don't talk about mm. that much, but but it's there. Or the, <clears throat> the handsome comic book fan. Uh, what was that, Stephanie? Did you, I, I didn't quite hear you phase out. Did you say the stereotype is that girls are manga fans? No, no, no. no. But no. but I tell you that that actually is a stereotype that uh, that if you are a a female girl. Or a female girl, a teen, <laughs> a, teen, a, female woman. <laughs> a, te- a, te- a teenage girl. If you are a comic fan, chances are you read manga and not comics. Manga. Man- well, whatever. I mean that might be true though, only because if you are a female girl, at- manga, manga fan. <laughs> let me let me ask Stephanie. I mean, the comics that you read. I mean, you, you like manga, and you you know what other comics do you read? What other what other stuff out there that you read? Well, like I said at the beginning, I've always been really into the X-Men. Um, I'm just looking through my pile of monthly books. I'm kind of all over the place. Um, I picked up Civil War. I'm really, I like, um, I have, I did a lot of limited series. I really like Fables. I do like the Sandman. I'm sorry, Tom. <laughs> oh, like no, I, I'm fine with Tom you. likes Sandman, too. He just doesn't like, I like Sandman. Um, I like Kabuki a lot by David Mack. That's, um... I've really been into lately, um, Boom, a lot of their stuff because I've been getting review books from them. Us too. And there's Boom been like awesome. practically nothing that I haven't liked from them. Well, let me ask you, I mean, as a female comic book fan, you know, do you look at a lot of the stuff that is on the shelves today and are you maybe not offended by it or insulted by it, but you know, a lot of it is obviously geared towards men. Whether it's by the artwork it's, or it's the story, toward, it's geared toward boys. Well, a lot, of, well, a lot of it is. I think it depends on what it is. Like, um, Power Girl is probably, in my opinion, the best thing that ever happened to the DC universe since Superman because I think she has such a dual appeal, and I wish they would do more with her. And I love her because she's so sexy, but, but at the same time, she's wait aware. A minute. Of, you said you don't read DC, so you don't know what they no, do. No, no, hold on. I don't read well, the green. Now see here's 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 another here's another here's another stereotype. 
that and I've heard it so many times by by some female readers that I've talked to over the, the years is that they hate Power Girl because of her costume. Now, a lot a lot of times I hear men saying that more though more so than I hear women saying. That. I, I hear men saying women hate that costume. Okay, what St- Stephanie? But if you go. actually read the stories, particularly JSA Classified, which I love, um, she's very aware of the limitations that she has in terms of how people see her because of her body, and she'll do things like, you know, my eyes are up here. And that's really cool because you can laugh at it from a man's perspective because as a man you're looking at her boobies and you can laugh at it from a woman's perspective because you understand how that feels. Wait, so 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 you mean that you've actually read the book and you didn't take it at face value? I I I I did read the book. See, I think yeah, I think Power Girl's a really good example. They've really done a good job of making her a character like a character who constantly reminds you that you're not supposed to just objectify her like she makes that's a big point that always comes up with her character no matter how short like an appearance she makes well, i tell you what, I, I i want more superheroes that are like you know five foot nine and you know slightly balding and a little overweight because well, i would be I, able to i am um, <laughs> personally i actually kind of like the um I'm not offended at all by the drawings of women in a in like as sexy because a lot of the a lot of the heroes that have been around for a long time like Power Girl or like Emma Frost they're done in a way that they're appealing to both men and women I think um, particularly Particularly with those two characters, I, I like them both a lot. Well, actually. Um, I'll go home and show my girlfriend and see what she has to say. <laughs> I'm almost certain she would have a well, horror. But you don't. You're almost certain. That's my point. Yeah, is that th- those are, two, those two Sal, characters? I will call you. Those two characters <laughs> use their I, sex as a I, weapon. I know a lot of girls out there get offended at women being drawn with big breasts and all that other stuff. But you know what? I've kind of gotten over that. Like that's the male fantasy: big boobies, fine, whatever. Men like boobies, 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 boobies. <laughs> I what I care about is seeing. I'm kind of an ass What guy. I care about as a female oh. reader is seeing strong female kind of characters in books. And I mean, there are a lot more of them out now than when I started reading. Like a really good example would be Frey by Josh Josh Whedon, mm-hmm. or um, Jesse the Street Angel um, from Slave Labor Publication. Well, you know, personally, you know, and maybe it's just because I'm old and and married, and you know, sex doesn't mean anything to me anymore. But it's like I, I look at you know, I look at a lot of the books that I get, and and more more so recently than ever before in, in my history of reading comics, have have I been trying to look at them from a different perspective of of what is what would maybe be offensive to women or what. Is ridiculous. I, I mean, I, myself personally, I could care less if they never drew another girl with gigantic boobs. And <gasps> you, I mean, I, it, it, it doesn't. You know, I don't. I don't buy comic books to be titillated. I, you know, I mean, that's not why I'm reading them. So to me, I could care less. I don't buy books based on the cover of of you know Infinite Crisis having Power Girl on it with her tits hanging out i could care less it doesn't mean anything to me but i don't understand why it it is there so it's so prevalent and 
I don't I don't understand it. I mean, from my perspective, I just don't get it. And, and maybe well, if you, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. No, that's no, okay. No, go go ahead. ahead. He's done. <laughs> I was just gonna say. I mean, if you want to like, if you want like a psychological, if you want like a psychological answer, or a a, a slightly uh, deeper answer, um, I think a lot of the, I think a lot of people equate. Um, I think a lot of people equate how strong a woman is with how sexy she is particularly a lot of men, like I think a lot of men don't see women who aren't necessarily typically sexy as being strong, and because most comic book authors and artists are men, that's how these women end up being drawn. That's just my take on it. That's my Psych 101 from college coming out of the woodwork. One of the things I've noticed lately with myself is that uh, what I find, like, if I read a comic book and I think someone portrays a certain character as sexy, it isn't the way, like, stereotypically. Like, in All-Star Superman, I find the way that Frank quietly draws Lois Lane to be, like, probably one of the more attractive oh, writings yeah, of yeah. Lois Lane that I've seen in a long time. And it's not the stereotypical, like, oh, this is sexy type thing. It's like a... I You know, I, I don't know quite how to describe it, but I think it's... Uh, there's way different ways of portraying attractiveness and sexiness than like Phantom Girl. Well, I mean, or, I know, mean, maybe maybe that's another ste- maybe that's another stereotype in comics is that there is a stereotype of what comic fans think is sexy, and you you look at or, or what they want or what, or what they mm. want in a. You're listening to Around Comics. You can even listen naked, and no one would ever know. But seriously, I wouldn't go around telling people about that because it's pretty freaking weird. All right, well, guys, I think this has been just the tip of the iceberg as far as stereotypes go. And it's a fun topic, but it's a potentially dangerous topic, so I hope that we didn't uh, offend too many people. Uh, Let's go ahead and get into some final thoughts in personalities and stereotypes in comic book fans. Uh, Mr. Caters, why don't you lead us off? You are all guilty of being one of these. Anyone who downloads a comic book podcast has been one of the annoying things we've just talked about. (laughs) So, uh, but I also think it's a good sign of it's part of a healthy industry, just like music or movies or anything. Anything where you're going to have a wide variety of stuff, you're going to have people that disagree or have different tastes or do this or that. So it's, I'd be more concerned if there wasn't all these differences within um, the comic book community because I, I find uh, sort of the homogenous nature of some things very disturbing. So it's great that people what do you are against so weird. the milk industry? <laughs> Sorry. Good, thank you, and that is it for me. I, I, I understand nothing of what you just said, but um, I think that it's both good that these stereotypes exist, and it's good that we have people that fit these stereotypes because it just makes something. It just makes it that much more fun, and it gives us something to bitch about on message boards, <laughs> which is important. Which you can and do at aroundcomics.com. On aroundcomics.com. <laughs> I don't think it's a bad thing to fit one of these stereotypes because the stereotype is what you make of it. If you want to make it something negative and be the negative connotation of a fanboy, then that's your choice. But you can take being a fanboy and be the best fanboy you can be. <laughs> Go ahead. The most, the well, most banished. Thank you, Stephanie. Uh, Sal, your final thoughts? Um, you know, I, 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 I agree with what you guys have said about it. And I think... I think the the negatives of it come out of insecurity. I think um, a lot of times when 
you know, people are annoying or aggressive or whatever, you know, offend people with their opinions and with their their stereotypical fanboyish or whatever it may be, it's because they're they're trying to, to validate what they believe in so hard that they 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 feel like they have to fight for it. And I think you know it, it comes down to just enjoy what you enjoy. Don't worry about what other people think, and and try and you know not be so angry about it all the time. I mean, because I think that's where a lot of it comes from. Is just you know all those little annoying you know idiosyncrasies that lead to all these stereotypes are about you trying to prove something to other people and stop trying to prove something to other people and just do what you do and don't worry about it. Uh, my final thoughts, kind of coming off of what Tom said, there's a little bit of every one of these in every one of us. I'm, I'm a fanboy sometimes. I'm a Marvel apologist whenever I feel like I'm backed into a corner about <laughs> it. And you guys know that's true. I'm an indie snob. If you don't buy Queen and Country, then you don't know what you're missing. That's not indie. <laughs> yeah, that's small I, enough. I'm a toy freak. I buy Hero Clicks, and and I'm a uh, a gamer. Uh, I'm a you know, all of these are little bits and pieces of what I am as a comic fan. I try. You're and- an anime. F- Porn freak. I'm not an anime <laughs> porn freak. Tentacle fan. <laughs> but all of the, all of these make up what I am as a comic fan, and I may focus on on one of these more than the other. You know, but you know what I ask of comic fans is, you know, be a well-rounded comic fan. You know, it's kind of like Stephanie said, be the be the best fanboy you can be, and you know, embrace a lot of these things if you can, because if there is a huge group of people that that latch onto something and find a lot of joy in it, well, then there has to be something good about it. And, you know, my, my mama told me when I grew up, oh, you, know, uh-huh. um, you know, everything in moderation and moderation and everything. Now, we don't moderate our geek lifestyle, but there are a lot of things within that geek lifestyle that we can experiment with and try out and explore. So these stereotypes are there for a reason, but... I don't think that they're bad stereotypes, and so that that is my final thought. So, um, before we move on uh, to our news, I'd like to thank uh, Tom and Sal and Stephanie for helping uh, out with this topic today. Hopefully, we Anytime. didn't. <laughs> hopefully, we didn't piss off too many people. But uh, um, if you guys uh, uh, listening out there want to carry on the conversation, <laughs> please go to aroundcomics.com and our forum. There will be comments on this episode uh, after it airs on Monday. And feel free to chime in with your comments about this. Due to um, our show running over as usual and uh, previous engagement to, I believe, go see X3, like all good fangirls should, Stephanie's going to have to leave us for the remainder of the show. So I would like to to thank Stephanie for being on Around Comics, and I would like you to know that you are welcome back here anytime that you would like to be. So, Stephanie, thank, thank you, you very much. Thank you so much for having me, and I really enjoy the Around Comics podcast, and I think I'll be seeing you on the forum soon. All right. And everybody go check out Stephanie's uh, Stephanie's uh, uh, column at silverbulletcomics.com because it's it's in a very well-written, enlightened uh, column, and, and you should be reading it. All right. Stephanie, thank you very much, and we will be seeing you around comics.
top headlines for the week of May 22, 2006. When comics retailer and fan John Hitchcock first wrote to one of his cartoonist heroes, he had no idea what that letter would begin. 25 years worth of correspondence, doodles, and sketches later, Octopus Press is proud to announce Dear John, the Alex Toth Doodle Book. This 256-page book came out as a result of 25 years of correspondence between John and Mr. Toth, and is chock-full of sketches, doodles, and other never-before-seen Toth artwork. The book, printed through Jeff Parker's Octopus Press and edited by Billy Ingram, will be solicited in the June issue of Previews for an August release at a low price of $19.95. After printing costs are covered, any remaining profit will go directly to Alex Toth. In August, the world's greatest superheroes make their incredible return to monthly adventures with Justice League of America No. 1, the first issue of the team's all-new series. Written by New York Times bestselling author Brad Meltzer and illustrated by Ed Bennis and Sandra Hope, this phenomenal debut issue will ship with two standard edition covers by Ed Bennis, which may be ordered separately. In addition, Michael Turner will provide a variant cover edition. Retailers may order one copy of the variant edition for every 10 copies of the standard. To celebrate HarperCollins' release of Making Comics, Scott McCloud and his family are going to visit all 50 states, plus a country or three, starting in New York City in September of 2006, ending in Hawaii in August of next year. Here's the statement from Scott McCloud. We've started booking speaking engagements and seminars along the route. If you'd like me to speak at your event or organization while we're in your region, let me know at scott at scottmcleod.com and I'll provide details on pricing and availability. My lectures and seminars are fast-paced visual presentations. I've given them at universities, computer companies, film studios, festivals, game conferences, conventions, and government organizations for over 10 years. In addition to the public appearances, the whole family will be blogging our experiences on the road and interviewing comics artists around the country about their work. We plan to have a lot of fun when we're not going crazy or trying to kill each other, and we hope you'll be a part of it all whenever we come to your state. For more information, visit scottmcleod.com. Comic Books That Battle Diabetes When Kamal Washington was diagnosed with type 1 diabetes at the age of 9, he was obviously worried and confused. But with the help of his brother, Malcolm Washington, and his father, Alonzo Washington, Kamal hopes to help future children diagnosed with diabetes better understand and manage their disease. The Washington brothers have created two comic books, featuring the characters Omega Boy, Mighty Boy, Dr. Diabetes, and Dr. Von Glucose, and they have a third comic book in production now. The comic books were created to help inform children about the disease. When Kamal was first diagnosed, he said he had a hard time understanding some of the terminologies the doctors used with his mother, Dana Washington. That's why we made the comic book, he said, and that's why we put it, information regarding diabetes, in the comic book. Wanted versus the Savage Dragon Creator Eric Larson takes the bull by the horns with the superhero crossover No One Saw Coming. Savage Dragon vs. Mark Miller's Wanted, and delivers an action-packed epic that fits neatly into the pages of Savage Dragon number 128. 
A six-issue miniseries published by Image Top Cow, Miller had previously stated that the cast of Wanted were never to appear again, but the moment Larson proposed the crossover, he had to make one exception. Savage Dragon number 128 will be in stores in July and is available for order in the May issue of Diamond's Previews. Mark Miller and J.G. Jones's Wanted miniseries is collected in a trade paperback and is available now. eBay Auction for the Sam Loeb Fund in June of 2005, 17-year-old Sam Loeb, the son of comic writer Jeff Loeb, died after a three-year battle with cancer, and it has been decided that the proceeds from an online auction will be donated to the charity set up in his memory. This auction is for the superb original pencil artwork by Supergirl artist Ann Churchill. This was used as the cover for the 2006 Comics Expo Con book and recreates the cover to Action Comics number 335. The Sam Loeb College Scholarship Fund was set up in September of 2005. It awards one student each year who attended Sam's High School, North Hollywood High Gifted Magnet Program, the student who best exemplifies Sam's qualities both as a student and as a person. In other words, brilliant with a sense of humor. This auction is online at ebay.com. Search for Comics Expo Ian Churchill Artwork Charity Auction and please support generously with your bids. Buffy the Vampire Slayer creator Joss Whedon is writing a new six-issue Buffy miniseries for Dark Horse Comics. The first issue is due out in October. A Dark Horse spokesman has confirmed that the new series chronicles the events that happened to Buffy and her friends after the conclusion of their televised adventures and will function as a season 8 to the highly popular cult hit TV series that ran for seven seasons. Even though the WB aired the final episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer three years ago, reruns have extended the life and popularity of the TV property. After months of careful planning, Top Cow Productions and Marvel Comics have agreed on the pieces of their ongoing packaging agreement. The appearance of Top Cow artists on Marvel Books and crossover specials are planned. The crossovers start in August with Darkness Wolverine One-Shot, pairing Top Cow's supernatural mobster with Marvel's Mutant Warrior. Frank Thierry, who has written both The Darkness and Wolverine, handles scripting chores while Tyler Kirkham, who's already drawn Amazing Spider-Man number 530 and 531 as part of the package deal, handles art. Next up, a Witchblade Punisher one-shot will grace the shelves in December. Ongoing Witchblade writer Ron Mars will tackle the script, aided and embedded by Witchblade artist Mike Choi. Kirkham and Choi will also contribute art to two Marvel Comics series, with the announcements coming from Marvel and Top Cow at the Wizard World Philadelphia Convention in June. These have been your top headlines for the week of May 22, 2006. For the full version of these and other stories, please visit www.aroundcomics.com, your source for the best in comics news, reviews, and opinions.
This episode of Around Comics was recorded on the evening of May 26th. We are deeply saddened to hear of the passing of Alex Toth the following morning. We will discuss the life and accomplishments of Alex Toth next week. For now, we would like to extend our condolences to his family and friends. Alex Toth was 77. And those are your top headlines for the week. Uh, let's start at the top. Uh, the uh, Alex Toth book, it's Dear Alex Toth. Uh, it's a collection of essays, letters, doodles, uh, 25 years of correspondence. And what I thought was cool about the story is that after all of the printing costs are recouped, they're going to send all of the remaining profits to Alex Toth. And, uh, Toth. Toth. No, it's Toth. <laughs> no, it's Alex Toth. Oh. And, and I'd like to thank uh, uh, Kelly, Sue, and, and Matt Fraction for posting the uh, pronunciation thread from the engine because we butchered like every name in comics last week. So. Matt Fraction. Matt Fraction. <laughs> so. Well, they, the, to- the, to- the Toth book or Toth book or whatever it is. I don't, I don't Alex's know. book. Alex's book. <laughs> well, it's not. A, it's it's a, a comic uh, store owner, uh, John Hitch- Hitchcock. I believe is his name, who had a 25-year relationship with him, writing back and forth. And, and I've heard that he's a, a tremendous pen pal, and he's written other guys. I know even like Bendis and, and Oming have, have said that um, when they were doing Powers in, in, in the earlier days, the they days. Would, he wrote them letters and stuff, commenting about it and, and telling them how much he liked it, and, and they wrote back and forth. And... and um, Michael Oming actually gave me his email address at one time because he says that he, you know, if you send him a letter, he he will respond and he will he will you know have a conversation with you. And I think that's just an amazing thing from a guy. When I was a kid growing up, you know, Zorro was a huge um, you know inspiration for me because he was a, a, a Mexican hero, and as a Mexican or whatever I am. Um, that you Wait, know, I meant thought a lot Salazar to was German. No, no, it's oh. Spanish originally. But <laughs> um, so it's it's just a cool thing. And, and like you said, they're giving all the profits uh, to him. And I know he he recently just got out of the hospital. And and he, you know he's just another name in a long line of creators. You know, he's one from, of the giants in it, the it, industry. And, Seriously, and who you know I don't know what his financial situation is, but. I'm sure he's not, you know, rolling in dough from from the amazing stuff that he did. And and if you haven't checked out his stuff before, go and look because, you know, legendary. I mean, he's an amazing artist, amazing amazing storyteller with his art, and and uh, you know, I just can't say enough about his stuff. And and, and pick up dear Alex Toth. Yeah. Um, I'd also uh, I'd say that uh, now uh, playing the role of Stephanie Mangold. We have uh, uh, our good friend of the show, Dave Wachter, is going to step in. So, Dave, uh, welcome to the second half of Around Comics. Good to have you. Yeah, it's good to be here. <laughs> I didn't come here for this. I just want to go drink it. So, one of the advantages of recording in a comic shop, you see people you know, and, and you can pull them over onto the show. Hey, and, and congratulations to Dave. Um, yes. Dave uh, just got his first published work um, put in previews. Um, uh, in the in the current issue of yeah, previews, page, page three fifteen of the June issue of uh, previews. What's the name of the book again? I'm yes, sorry. It's a it's a horror <coughs> anthology called Fiendish Fables. Um, I did a seven page story uh, called Feeding Pigeons that I did the art for. I also did grayscales on two other short stories, and uh, you know it's a it's a bunch of 
horror stories in the style of old, you know, EC horror comics. Uh, you know, a little updated, and it's great. I mean, it's got fantastic looking art, and uh, you know, my story, of course. <laughs> so everybody, no, the everybody, others, the other stories look great too. I mean, I worked on a couple of the other stories, and they and they look really good too. And um, uh, my buddy uh, John Schlim Jr. put it together of Fablewood Studios. He's a, a writer that I got together with. Um, through Ronin Studios, and uh, he writes some good yarns, and there's some other other writers and, and lots of artists. So all you around comics listeners, go and order that out of your current previews. Please yes. pre-order it. Yes, definitely pre-order. Oh, and so. it's coming from Narwain Publishing. Nar- okay. Well, congratulations, Dave. Thank and, you. Uh, we'll probably talk about that a little bit on top of the stack, but uh, let's uh, get back to the news. Um, in August, we're going to have the relaunch of Justice League of America. And uh, for uh, all of you variant cover fans out there, the obsessive compulsive uh, collectors that we talked about a little bit earlier, you get three covers to choose from. Two from Ed Bennis and one from Mike Turner. So uh, we'll, we'll talk to our resident <laughs> DC fan, uh, Tom Caters. Uh, JLA1. Pass on the Michael Turner. It'll hey. be the standard everyone standing around looking sad or over a coffin or over a flag or something. That, that'll be what it is. Have but you actually seen the cover? No, but I guarantee it's just going to be everyone in profile. Like, oh wait, no, I have seen. Come on, one of give the, the guy a break. I mean, he's a talented artist. Just because he does maybe too much, you covers? know, too, too many covers. 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 I still but love the original run of Fathom. Good, good, good stuff. You know, I'm so sick of this Michael Turner centric podcast. Where <laughs> everyone loves Michael Turner. All right, next no, news story. Uh, okay, uh, so anyway, uh, uh, JLA getting relaunched in get August. It. Look for that. Uh, next is the Scott McCloud um, basically making ju- comics making tour. comics. Yeah, it's uh, he's going to go to all fifty states and, and a couple of countries. He's three said. countries so with I'm, with his family. I'm assuming that that is uh, Canada, the United States, and Mexico, but I'm not for sure. But yeah, he's uh, starting that off. Uh, gosh, when did it say now? Basically, and we'll he's be, here. Yeah, he, he's here <laughs> hey, at Scott. the store right now. No. Uh, yeah, he's um, maybe uh, we should try and get him when he comes to Chicago. You know, I've thought about that. That'd be interesting. So we'll have to we'll have to shoot him yeah. an email. His family's going to be blogging about the trip. He's basically trying to line up a bunch of speaking engagements. And uh, so look out for uh, Scott McCloud. And he, if you don't know who Scott, Scott McCloud is, if you're any type of comic book creator or wannabe comic book creator, he's written two books already, um, Reinventing Comics, and I can't think of the other one, the first one. I don't, anyway, it doesn't matter. But, but his books are canon. I mean, they are, you know, for if you're interested in, in creating comics and even just, oh, understanding comics. That was the, uh, oh, the first okay. one he wrote. Um even just trying to understand the the process of of what comic books are the medium and what it takes to make a comic and what the medium is capable of his his books are excellent stuff and i think anyone would recommend them to to not just creators but fans in general that want to know more about it well, that, that's a good segue into <laughs> what comics can do outside of, of what we think of as the norm, and that is the comics battling diabetes. And this is a, a series of two and soon-to-be three comics that are concerning basically how kids can understand diabetes. This is written uh, by the, the sons of uh, Alonzo Washington, uh, one of which, Kamal Washington, 
uh, is uh, been diagnosed with type one diabetes. So, you know, for you know anyone who's been around a child who has a disease, whether it be diabetes or cancer or MS, whatever it is, it's so hard for you as an adult to even start to comprehend how they understand a disease. And this is amazing that they have created these comics to help other kids understand that. So. Yeah, I mean, it was just a little story I, I saw somewhere, I don't even remember where, in, in, a, in a smaller newspaper website, and and I just thought it was a great thing that, you know, for for a father to have a child diagnosed with something like that and, and um, trying to deal with that and having another son that doesn't understand it and figuring out a way to not only try and help his own family, but other people that may be going through the same thing I think was very commendable and, and, a, and a you know, terrific thing for him to do. So comic, comics can reach out to other people you know it's it's refreshing to see that you know number one that kids that that age group can feel like comics can still be relevant to them and be important so uh, I thought that was a great story. Now moving on to something that is completely different is Wanted versus the Savage Dragon. Um, you know how they would solve the problem of diabetes in the Wanted universe? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They'd rape it. <laughs> uh, it said in the story that Mark Miller had uh, intended on shelving all of the characters from Wanted and basically keeping that as a contained series, which uh, I, that was a six-issue series? I believe so. Yes. yes, and I loved the first five issues. The six issues. Oh, did it hit too close to home? That sixth issue. No, did it? A no. <laughs> little fanboy couldn't handle challenge being challenged by no. Mark Miller. No, I, I loved being challenged, but I don't know. Maybe I don't it was... like having a joke played on me. Kind of, you know? <laughs> it's one thing to challenge, another thing to be like. <laughs> the butt, of, go, the, the, the butt of a joke. Uh, yeah, uh, sucker. Uh, so Take it, that. For, for me, the, the first five issues of Wanted were absolutely amazing, <coughs> and, and I loved it. We've talked about uh, Savage Dragon uh, a couple podcasts ago, and it's been around for, gosh, what, uh, 15 years now? It's 128 issues. Eric Larson took a, a huge hiatus from it to basically save Image Comics. And this looks like a, a pretty good way to to bring some um, some attention to Savage Dragon. So I'm wondering uh, if it's bringing the you know closure to Savage Dragon. Could be. You know? <laughs> I mean, are, are you yeah. are you guys excited to see the characters from Wanted in another comic? Uh, well, I, I really like the Wanted you know series. <laughs> so I'll and I, and I can't say that I'm a Savage Dragon fan any longer. I, I I used to be a long time ago. It just sort of grew out of it. Nothing against that comic for anything but it was just it was just one of those things where i thought i've read enough of it but this could be interesting to see you know mm. millar's i'm such a weenie because i'm gonna pick this up and well, i, don't I think agree you, you are a weenie <laughs> wiener. wiener but i'll also pick up twisted fairy tale <laughs> magic feeding pigeons Wait, no, what was it again, Dave? That wasn't the title. Don't insult fables. <laughs> Fiendish Fables. And I'll pick up your book, too. Ah! <laughs> Ow! Oh, burn. Zinger! Ow, okay, In moving case you on. don't know, Chris doesn't have a book. This, this is, this <laughs> All he's got is this pathetic I, I podcast I talking about other podcasts. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't mean Railing that. on creators. You're awful. 
I didn't mean for this to be a very special episode of Around Comics, but some of the uh, some of the news stories were actually really touching and really cool stories. And that brings us to the Sam Loeb Fund. And I mean, this is a very cool thing. There's a uh, um, check it out on eBay. Um, I gave the, um, the the keywords, which it's a comics expo and Churchill artwork charity auction, and it's the cover artwork for the um, um, the 2006 Comics Expo con book, which is a picture of Supergirl. But all the proceeds from that auction are going to the Sam Loeb Scholarship Fund. And I love Jeff Loeb's work. I think he's a fantastic writer. And, you know, not to pull on a lot of heartstrings, but thinking about losing a child to cancer and the fact that he's a comic book artist or a comic book writer. And we don't think of these people as like real, everyday, living, breathing people with feelings. I mean, they're, they're comic writers, but they're fathers and mothers and brothers and sons and to lose a child is amazing to to think about what he's had to go through and so go bid on that yes if you can afford i don't know what it's up to now hopefully it's too high for me to afford to bid to no i mean yeah i mean for him to turn something so amazingly tragic into something positive is is just a testament to his character and you know, to, as a father, I can't even imagine um, how I would react to something like that. I uh, so it's just a, a a wonderful thing that he's doing, and, and uh, go bid on it if you can. Go bid if you can. Um, we'll move on to something on, of a little bit wider fare, and that is the Buffy the Vampire Slayer. <laughs> I know that's what does that sound insensitive. <laughs> Uh, but no, uh, th- this is actually something I'm pretty excited about. Joss Whedon is coming back to uh, write Buffy the Vampire Slayer. For uh, fans of that series, they're taking it you know, one step further. This picks up after the end of the seventh season, and Whedon is actually calling this season eight of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. So this is uh, due out the first issue in October and will be a six-issue miniseries uh, written by Joss Whedon. Uh, didn't have any information on who's going to be penciling it, but it is going to be in Buffy continuity and continuing the series on. So, uh, you know, I've never asked any of the other guys on the panel, are you Buffy the Vampire Slayer fan. I have watched one half of one episode one time. I feel sorry for you that you had to sit through that. <laughs> oh, damn. <laughs> I, I, I was a Buffy fan. I, uh, I watched most of it. I don't think I watched the last season. It was just too tragic to imagine it. No, I, oh, the last I, uh, season I, was quite I didn't watch it. it. I think I have. I actually think I own like the first six seasons on DVD. But um, for some reason, I'm not really all that interested in the comic. I just think for some reason, I don't know. My brain blocks out like anything that's either television or movies turned into a comic. I you just are automatically so licensed product. I don't know what it is. It's not that I'm a guesser. If you enjoy it, that's cool. I don't have a problem with it. And you know, this is uh, you know for Buffy fans, I think they're going to go insane for you know Whedon coming back and and writing a, a, an eighth. Uh, you season, know, app yeah. season for it. I, I, you know, it's cool. I don't know that I'll be interested in it just because for some, you know, I enjoyed the show for what it was, and to translate that into a different medium is just difficult for me. I, Dude, I'm, we, if I, anybody I, could I, do it though, Whedon could do it because you look at the movie, um, you look at the movie 
that was made, and it wasn't terribly good because Whedon wasn't involved <laughs> That's in it. The only thing what I movie? Liked from Buffy, Buffy the Vampire the Slayer, the movie. No, he wrote the screenplay for that. Yeah, but they turned it into something less than what he ex- wanted That's it to be. Buffy, or, I like. Well, I but, really like the movie. Christy well, but the show. I mean, he. You know, he was trying to build. I read an interesting article about uh, 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 interview with with Joss Whedon the other day, um, talking about Buffy and and what he was trying to do with that character. And and if you look at what he was trying to do with the horror genre and that character in, in particular, it was really interesting that he was sort of flip flopping the traditional blonde, you know, a victim. Yeah, into the, the, the girl hero. runs down the dark alley and gets killed. Right. But, you know, in Whedon's world, you know, she turns around and kicks the shit and, out and of and the, only, the only reason I bring it up because it was funny I was watching the, the other day I was watching TV and, and Scream 2 is on <laughs> and I like the Scream movies but it was funny because in it they kill off um, uh, Mar- Sarah Michelle Gellar which I thought Spoilers. was funny I was wondering if if like you know he what he thought about that because he builds up this iconic character playing on the whole you know uh, reversal of that type of character in horror movies and then uh, Clive uh, Barker, or is that his name? Clive Barker, the I, the scream, Clive something. He just goes and kills her. So it, you know, Scooby Doo would have been much better if they had killed. All Buffy. right, enough Buffy. <laughs> Buffy cast. Uh, Jesus. <laughs> one, okay, uh, Top Cow and Marvel, more crossovers. Uh, we were basically inundated with these. What like ten years ago with like the. The Wolverine yeah. Witchblade. I can't wait <laughs> for more. I'm Tom's, so happy. Tom's excited. Back. Yeah, pumped. This finally. This actually. It's hard for me to say because I love what Image is doing right now. There are so many good Image books, but this just smacks of everything that's <laughs> yeah, bad that, about all Image. the weird stuff well, that yeah. It, it, Top Cow feels like to me. The image from the early '90s. Well, that's that what it is, yeah. and it's just that they kept the segment going of image, and they just call it Top Cow. Yeah, and it's and like the part of image that I just don't have any interest. This in is so weird because it's such. It's just it exactly reminds me of how things were like ten years, like a Witchblade Punisher cross. Like really, like yeah, that really is going to come out. You know, yeah, like, you, that's you, really a book that's going to be published. Yeah, what I what I want to see is like Captain America and the Exterminators. Yeah, that would be I mean, interesting. That would be a great me. book. I mean, it just seems so weird that that's come back around. The Jetsons you know? on the Flintstones. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> I don't know. I that no continuity won't allow that. Dude. You know, I I really I I don't have much interest in in the crossovers. For those characters, yeah, it, I'd like to see Top Cow start. Oh, just don't be so serious about comic books. It's fun. Who cares? Big deal. Yeah, Punisher, Witchblade. You're, you're right. Wolverine and every book. Either one of those. I, I mean, won't you know, buy thing, that. The thing I, you know, <laughs> the thing I love is you know they even make fun of it themselves. It's like you know Wolverine always you know talking about how he's everywhere. It feels like sometimes you know I mean uh, they know see, it. It's but just, there's there's a certain point where you get to it where you're poking fun at being crappy, but you're just still crappy. I mean, that's just like... The world needs crappy comics, too. But there are already tons of them. I'm looking at them. <laughs> I'm, I'm surrounded by them right yeah, now. I'm already looking at them. Look, look at all those yeah, flash, flash trades over flash, there. Flash, flash, Oh, wait, there's 11... Wait, there's 14 volumes of Ultimate Spider-Man? Hey, Didn't we already stuff. get those? 
Didn't oh, already that stuff already happened? Well, stop it. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Before we digress into just utter fanboyness, <laughs> hater, wait, that's your news this week. Thank, like it. Thank like God. It. That's, your news. that's your news. Take it. <laughs> all right. It, the, the show was so much more pleasant when Stephanie was on. No, we had to act like, you know, we weren't the scumbag male Go to hell, both of you. Yeah. Dave comes on the show and look what it turns into. Alright, uh, that's your news. Uh, let's move over to Top of the Stack. Top, top of top the stack. Of the stack, the stack, the stack. That's right, it's time for Top of the Stack. Our chance to let you, the listener, know what our panel has been reading for the last week. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and start us off this week. Um, been switching back and forth from indie to mainstream, it seems like. And last week I did Mouse Guard, which is very indie. This week I'm going to go in a totally opposite direction and review Wolverine number 42. Snick, snick. Yeah, thanks, Sal. <laughs> um, as, as anyone who listens to the show knows, i am been a big fan of Civil War so far. I, I think it is a, a fantastic event that Marvel is putting together. Really interested in it. And Wolverine number 42 is uh, definitely a Civil War tie-in. You know that right from the very beginning. It is written by Mark Guggenheim and penciled by Humberto Ramos. That is what scared me from this book whenever I saw it solicited. Um, I loved Ramos's work with Paul Jenkins on Spectacular Spider-Man, but I didn't know how I was going to like him doing Wolverine. It just didn't seem like a good match. And from the first page of this book to the last, it worked. And it surprised me, and I loved it. Uh, his art is something that you're going to love or you're going to hate, and you're going to see this on on forums. People are going to love it. They're going to say it's horrible. They're going to say it's fantastic. I fall into the camp that I think it works, and I'm really surprised. If you had told me a month ago that Humberto Ramos was going to be doing one Wolverine book and Steve Dillon was going to be doing another, and I was going to like the Ramos art better, it, I, I, I would have been shocked. I do. I think it's great. Now, getting to... Um, Getting to the actual story, it ties directly into Civil War. I would suggest not reading Wolverine number 42 if you have not read Civil War number one. Actually, don't read Wolverine number 42 until you do read Civil War. Unless you don't one. plan on reading. Unless you don't plan on reading. Um, it does stand stop on it. Stop telling us what to buy. Oh, stop it, Tom. So, really, you're suggesting two books. Yes. <laughs> um, the, 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 story, the story can stand on its own. You can figure out what's going on. But for continuity freaks out there, this ties directly into Civil War. There are actual panels that are taken out of Civil War number one, and it's all about the story between certain scenes of Civil War. It uh, it basically starts off the story of Wolverine <coughs> going out on a vendetta. So uh, if you're reading Civil War... If you are a fan of uh, Wolverine and you didn't uh, didn't think uh, that maybe um, Wolverine number forty two was going to be for you, reconsider. I have uh, I've been turned around. I'm a big fan of it. So that's my top of the stack. Yeah, you know, I I, w I was in the same camp with you. I wasn't sure. I mean, I you know, I, I love the character Wolverine. I've read every damn crappy book that's ever come out with Wolverine in it, and I admit it. I can't help it. He's a ninja. He's well, he's just a great character. Samurai. I don't, you know, he, 
I agree that (laughs) he's been overused and whatever else, but I still enjoy a good Wolverine tale. And and I think this was a good Wolverine tale. I was a a little bit worried about the art also, Uh, the the sort of hyperactive, almost manga, you know, anime look that that Umberto Ramos has. Um, I wasn't sure how it was going to work. And there were parts of the book that I thought it didn't work all that well. But surprisingly, the parts I thought it did work the best was when Wolverine was out of costume. Um, I thought he looked the best then. When he was in costume, he almost looked more, you know, a, a little more ridiculous. Well, I guess that makes sense. But but when he was out of costume, <laughs> when I thought he was the, in the bright yellow and blue. Yeah, costume. well, you know, you'd think by now you'd get got used to seeing him like that. But I thought it was I was a little surprised at how much I liked the art when he was out of costume and and just being. Logan as opposed to Wolverine. So, Logan. Uh, Mr. Caters, what is your top of the stack? Last Christmas, number one from Image. Uh, it's uh, drawn by Rick Remender and it's written by Brian Posen. 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 He was Pashan. on. Uh, he was on Mr. Show. If anyone really out there funny. He's it. been yeah. in a bunch of movies. And and then, um, he's one of our My, MySpace friends. Yeah. He is one of our MySpace <laughs> friends. He's on Just Shoot Me as well. If you watch that, I don't know why Mark, the <laughs> manager, actually watched that show, but it's great. It's um, it has it's just funny. It's funny. It's got scenes that are just homages to Star Wars and. It's sort of like a demented wood carving on acid sort of art where, like, anytime you see Santa, you know, pour gasoline on himself, it's going to be, like, one of the best <laughs> comic books you can possibly read. It's just really funny. So and, it's yeah. it's subtle is what you're trying it's to very say. Subtle. It's, it's very subtle. You're going to have to read it three or four times to catch everything. <laughs> It's not ham-fisted. It is gentle, and it will hold you and just tell you a joke right. just silently. Tom, Tom so the, the, the big question is, are there any apes? There are no or- apes, but here's the thing. There, there could... I get the sense from this book that an ape could show up at any second. <laughs> <laughs> which is close enough. Good enough for me. Good enough that I, I finished that last page, and I was like, you know what? Next issue... An ape could be in it, so I'm going to continue reading. And I suggested good enough for the pull list. Up as, um, hey, though it's summer now, by the time it finishes, it'll be closer to Christmas. <laughs> I, I, I haven't read it. I have it at home. I haven't read it yet. But I, the comment you made about it being sort of like twisted wood carvings interests me. So did he sort of, you know, did Rick Remender sort of take the classic, you know, Santa Claus? Uh, you know, every every time you see Santa Claus, other than you know, on a Pepsi man. commercial. Yeah. You know, it does have that sort of, you know, well, German, uh, yeah. you know, Eastern. You have your sort of scenes of Santa on a, like a sleigh, like coming down over a scene, but instead of Santa coming down over a tranquil scene, you see like elves lying on the ground dying. <laughs> you know, like there's just little details like that are like, you know, there's a fireplace in the background, but Santa, uh, Santa's drinking rum and eating pancakes. <laughs> you know, like. It's little thing. It's a, that's the sort of little demented part. You're little like it's the deconstruction of yeah. Uh, it's, it's sort of it's, Saturday evening post Santa, but with something else to it well, artistically. Ha- how know? how was uh, Rick Remender's art in it? It was cool. I really liked it. I thought like he did a he did a really great job. Of it's interesting that. to see. I, I, I'm really interested to see. I mean, I like a lot of his writing, and I haven't really seen a whole lot of his art. Uh, man with um, man with no brain. Man with No Brain, he mm-hmm. he did do the art on that, and that was co-written by uh, Bruce Campbell. 
but I didn't pick that one up. I'm sorry, Rick. But it's yeah, it was well. Good. It was you, nice you know, we have a little announcement to make. So if you, I'm glad that you said that you liked Rick Remender's art because oh, you're going to be in New York. Otherwise, I would say you would be able to tell him that next week because we're actually going to have. I Rick will write him a week. letter, and I would like for you guys. <laughs> we're going to have an audio clip from Tom. <laughs> Dearest, well, yeah, so Rick's, Rick Remender will be on the show hopefully next week. We have that mm-hmm. planned. He's going to be on the show next week, so listen to that. And Rick's, uh, we've talked to Rick before, and he he is not um, a guy that has a problem saying stuff. Anything. Anything. And Rick w- will talk. talk. It, we'll probably have a four-hour show with Rick because he likes to talk, and he has a lot to say. And, and he loves comics yeah absolutely and i i can't wait so and uh, he's busy my god the man he he, he, he he has got to be the hardest working man in comics <laughs> Good <laughs> Good. Well, we, um, we still have to talk about rick for another 30 seconds before he writes that check for us so. <laughs> How about uh, his name is really four, guys? his name is really interesting <laughs> sal sal what, what is your top of the stack uh my top of the stack is uh the latest issue of powers from brian michael bendis and michael avon oming uh published through the icon imprint uh brand from marvel it's uh issue number 18 um i know you know i i i've been an old school powers fan I've, I've one of the few books that i have every single issue of um and i've always loved this book and i've kept reading it and i know a lot of fans that were you know reading it at one time sort of dropped off i know there's not nearly as many people reading it and you know bendis has gone away maybe from some of these the very characteristics things in powers that made it popular in the past and he's he's experimented with that book and done some things that fans haven't necessarily liked and 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 have lost some fans from it. I stuck through it. I, I I've I've it's read back. every single it's issue. Back. I it's been building up the last three or four issues I thought were fantastic. This issue was everything that I loved about Powers. Everything that I've always loved about this book. The characters, you know, every little sort of trademark thing that he does in a book and you get finally finally you get the payoff <laughs> for that whole club cinderella thing yeah. that he's been doing in the last 6, six issues months. yeah you finally understand what it is and it it completely made sense and it completely worked and it you know the the while the the book has a lot of undertones of different subplots that are going on with these characters this book felt more like a powers book than any that I had read in probably the last year, year and a half. Um, I just, I just absolutely loved. It. I, 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 I loved every page of it. I felt like it was exactly everything that I enjoyed about Powers, and yet it wasn't stale. It wasn't like a rehash of what had been done before. Um, it was just, for whatever reason, he was able to to capture. That you know the, the, that magic that I loved about the book before. So, powers number eighteen, Brian Michael Bendis, Michael Avon Oming. Um, you know, if you haven't been reading Powers for a while because you didn't like it, I, I strongly recommend that you go pick this one up, and maybe you'll you'll jump right back on that bandwagon. Um, I loved that issue of Powers at the the end without giving anything away. It it hurt to see what was happening with one of these characters that you've come to know and feel for and 
Yeah, well, you know, the interesting thing, on one end of it, you know, you're you're so happy for one of the characters. Yeah. And then the other end of it, the complete end of the, you know, other side of the spectrum. You know, both, you know, between Walker and, and um, and Dana. Dana, sorry. Uh, you know, between those two characters, it was the complete and, you know. One, one is definitely at a mountain and one is definitely in a valley right now. And you want to weep for joy for Christian Walker in, in one page and you just want to run into the comic and, and just grab a hold of Dana and it's it, it was a really good issue. Yeah, so, I, I I thought yeah. it was one of the best powers issues that I've read in a long time. Yeah. Um well uh that's Sal's top of the stack. Um Dave, uh, I don't know if you have a top of the stack since we just kinda like grabbed you off the street. Yeah, yeah. I can I can do one. Yeah. All right, go go yeah. for it. Well uh for my top of the stack, um you know I had to dig in my my bag here, which of course has comics that I haven't read yet because I don't carry around the ones that I read. But I would like to talk about uh, a comic called The Black Coat uh, that's come out from Ape Entertainment. And Tom already loves it. Yeah, it's already yeah, great. It's, it, <laughs> it's it has, apes in it? Yeah, well, there's uh, the Ape Entertainment logo has Good a, enough. an ape. So there you go. <laughs> and uh, this is The Black Coat, A Call to Arms. Uh, issue 2 just came out. I've only like read half of it, but uh, issue 1 I can talk about. And uh, some issue too. It's written by Adam Cogan, illustrated by Francesco Francavilla, uh, created by Ben Lickius and Fran- Francisco Francavilla. And what this is is the story of essentially he's a, a masked spy for the colonies in 1775, um, in the days leading up to the uh, American Revolution, mm-hmm. and he's working with uh, Ben Franklin and. Uh, you know, he's got sort of this uh, uh, Batman thing going on where he has all these different little inventions and, and uh, things like that, but it's of a technology of 1775, which is really cool. And uh, issue two just came out. It's it's a, a really great story, actually. I was really surprised uh, about how much stuff is really <coughs> going on here. The Apparently the British, as always happens with uh, enemy armies in past wars, like the Nazis always seem to be dipping into the occult, well, apparently the British did during the American Revolution as well. Blimey! Yeah, so there is a monster going around, and he is uh, basically killing people, and he's uh, killing people who are trying to aid in the re- in the revolution. And it's got a really intriguing story. It's got it moves very well. It's got a nice pacing. It's really something that I like to see when an independent comic comes out that that the story is really strong and really well done and it's got some really nice art. It's black and white uh with uh gray scales and it's just beautiful a lot of line work, very textured. Um it just looks great, really. I mean, it's it's a great looking book. And you know, I think people should go out there and get it because well, I've heard about yeah, uh, you know I heard about this stuff. book uh, I don't know a month or so ago something like that and and I saw some preview pages I haven't picked it up because I didn't realize it was out yet but I'm gonna go search the shelves here to see if they have it um, but the art that I saw you know w- what I thought was amazing you know, and a lot of times with black and white art it's so hard to tell a good story because you're dealing with those same um, you know you're, you're dealing with the spectrum of, of grayscales and that helps to some degree but a lot of times you run into problems because you have two gray characters converging or two gray elements converging and and it it it's a hard time you know to sort of 
sort things out in that panel or panels or that. But with this one, I just thought it was done so well. Um, and a lot of times with black and white books, I wish they were in color. You know, I, I want to see that art in color, but this one I really didn't have that feeling because it was just it, so it, it set feel, the mood it, it, it and, feel, and, and it feels and, like a, like an old black and white. Movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and yeah. It, it really added to the story, and I just thought that well, was as, uh, something like you know, Walking Dead. We've talked about that for you know ever that that feels like a great old black and white yeah. horror, horror movie. Yeah, and it's same same sort of thing where it I think that book would actually. You know, it would it would hurt from being in color, which is a weird thing to ever see. But you know, anyway. I, I, you know, we're talking about indie snobs earlier. I'm such a fan of black and white books now. It's it's this goofy thing I'm going through. I really like black and white books. So, and and Tom likes the book because it's you know from it's got Ape, an Ape, Ape on one page. Hey Tom, I wanted <laughs> to let you know. You know, I, I contacted Ape. Uh, entertainment and and uh, let them know about our podcast and our reviews and stuff like that and we're we're now officially signed up as as a uh, uh, member of their you know previews and and, <laughs> and and press releases and stuff so ape is all ours baby we're Thank all you. Ape. Dur- during a break Tom and I are looking at the comic shelves here and I looked at the last issue of Albion it's the yeah. um, Alan, Alan Moore and the last page there's like a 40 foot gorilla and like Tom's like looking over my shoulder and he goes ooh was that an ape? <laughs> I was almost immediately drawn to it. It was. It was just. Well, that's a good book. You know, that's a like, that's a really good book. It's like uh, this childish exuberance just like Oh, was that an ape? Ooh, ooh. That's another Alan Moore postmodern examination of uh, like Tom Strong's got that. All right, man. guys. Let's uh Let's wrap this puppy up. Uh, let's move on to our announcements. Um, are we ready to announce a May winner for our contest? Um, it's, it's me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Are we ready to announce one? I mean, I, I, mean uh, I, I, I got one right here. All um, right. Okay. Yeah, I mean, you've, 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 you narrowed them down. We went through a, a very long and disturbing <laughs> process of trying to. I mean, we had so many great. Suggestions. Oh my gosh! It's uh, uh, just we ended up having like sixty entries yeah. for this emails, it, it, forum posts, and thank you to everyone that entered and and we will try and get to every one of them because they were all just so great. But we had to pick one uh, as a winner, and and we did decide on on uh, okay the best. This I, I don't know if it's the best, but I I don't even know what this is. And I'm Tom excited. Tom has not been given uh, information on this. Um. This is a topic I think that is very relevant to what's going on in the comics industry right now. I think it is definitely a topic that we can fill an episode on. And our grand prize winner, and uh, he will have to send us uh, an email with his address so we can get it to him, is from Matt Kramer on the boards. He is Darth Kramer. Um, and his, uh, his topic is... I think that a great topic would be people outside of comics, uh, outside of the comics world, coming in to write comics. I.e., Kevin Smith, J. Uh, J. Michael Straczynski, Javier Grillo, uh, blah blah blah, blah blah blah, <laughs> Alan Heinberg. Uh, as uh, I can think of, Charlie Houston, Greg Rucka. Uh, a ton of others, and uh, he goes as well as people in comics going outside of the world of comics to work in other mediums, i.e., Jeff Loeb, Peter David, 
uh, etc. I don't know where uh, Max Allen Collins would fit into this mess, but uh, I can't remember if he was a no- novelist first or second. I think he was a novelist uh, first. There are definitely pros and cons associated with each one. So I think it's a great topic uh, talking about uh, you know writers from novels or TV or movies, writing comics, comic writers writing TVs or movies. So I think it's a perfect topic for around comics. I love it, and the reason I love it is because it finally gives me a chance to rant about Greg Rucka and his... Uh-oh. Oh, you <laughs> bastard. <laughs> you know, he forces you... He forces you to buy two novels to keep track of his damn comic. Big boy books scare you? No, it just poorly written Where ones. No, I'm just kidding. What? Okay. I'm just kidding. Well, I love Queen so, of Country. So uh, are we sending Darth that uh, <laughs> Return of Superman trade? Darth is We're going to assume he wants that. You have, he has a choice <laughs> of three different trades. He can either... Uh, he, just imagine the DC Universe as created by Stan Lee. He can, he can <laughs> do that. <laughs> Look around. Uh, uh, Ultimate Spider-Man. <laughs> 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 or the or the newly announced um, uh, uh, new universe omnibus. Oh wait, that's coming. <laughs> or yes. the most popular one, Crappy Comics oh, yeah. Cavalcade. Oh yeah, the, the team, the various universes, the absolute comics. Team America edition. All right, you that's jokesters. It. Hey, I would uh, yuck, I, yuck. I would like to throw out some uh, um, some honorable mentions. Uh, Drew M., one of our, our best listeners and forum posters, uh, he's got our trade paperbacks ruining the comics industry. Are, are we still going to use these topics? But yes, we're, we're going to oh, use every, every single one of them. Totally you get nothing. You get nothing. Uh, uh, pay glossy, eight and a half by 11. Pa- yeah. Paper cut, we almost should send you a trade just because you sent like 8,000. Paper topic. cut, pick a trade, I'll buy it out of my own pocket. And send it to you because you've just been such a Pick great a different trade, and I but will no, like it's got to be, it's got to be like you know, nineteen ninety nine or less because I'm broke. <laughs> pa- but pa- paper cut had like, like twenty topics that were all amazing. Um, oh, screw him! He doesn't get nothing. He's getting a did anyone column suggest on the an ape one? Just talking about villains, yeah, and heroes and T caters, yeah. Tim caters, Tim caters, twenty four hour ape episode. All right, you jokers. Okay, so anyway, Matt Kramer, congratulations! You are our very first around comics contest winner. Uh, let us know what trade you want, and we will get it sent off to you. Um, we're trying to come up with an idea for a June contest, so we'll let you know about that next week. So, um, but, and we're maybe that'll be the idea. Ideas. For contests. Contest. <laughs> contest. Uh, contest ideas. All right. Uh, <laughs> announcements for the week. Sal, um, news is pouring into the site. It's uh, it's going well. If um, anyone the only, if anyone knows anyone at DC Comics, like in their PR department, I've emailed them and sent the. I cannot get them to send me like their press releases well, for DC whatever reason. Yeah, it's like... I, uh, I, Marvel-centric. I, I, yeah, I get like 45 <laughs> Marvel press releases a day. I've got every major publisher. Boom. Boom. I mean, everybody. Everybody sends me stuff. DC doesn't send me a damn thing. I don't know what it is. Let me talk to them. Tom, give him a call. Give give Dito a call and uh, and take care of that. Um, Yeah, news is pouring in. Um, We're going to have. Tom had a a great article, uh, a great column he wrote. He's going to continue to write stuff because he's such a bright and entertaining and funny gentleman. Knock the rust off. And good looking. Knock the Rasta. Knock the Rasta is great. If you haven't read it yet, go to the website and read Tom's column. It's really good stuff. 
Uh, Papercut, I believe we're going to get him. He's going to mm-hmm. he's going to start working on some stuff, and he's extremely. If you've seen any of his posts on the forum, he's extremely bright and well thought out, and and he's going to start writing some stuff for us. If you're interested in writing anything for us, even if it's just a one shot sort of rant and rave, go ahead. You know, send it into us. We'll be happy to put it up. We want to hear what you guys think. You know, and and, and you, we created this with the idea of getting. Other people's opinions. Well, there's I mean, that really nice submit section. There is a, you know, you can submit, stuff. you know. We uh, might not take it, but. Well, you know, we'll have to judge it. You know, it's harshly judged through the oh committee gosh. of, no. Um, <laughs> Sal likes no it, he looks. puts it up. Hey, I, you know, everybody's got an opinion. So um, and uh, what else? Oh, uh, links. We have, uh, I put up some new links on the website to different podcasts, to different columns, to different news sites. Um, if you have a blog or a column that you want us to link to, just send us an email. We'd be happy to do that. What about my column, Why Sal is a Stinky Butt? Um, that one, hey, you know what? I'm all for it. I, I can't argue the fact that I am a stinky butt. No. Um, check, check out the links page. Go check out uh, Stephanie Mangold's column, uh, Stephanie Hey Supergirl. Um, hey, Supergirl. And I had something else, but I can't remember it. I don't know. She's probably watching Juggernaut run through a wall right I'm the juggernaut, no, bitch. I'm the juggernaut, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, um, speaking of the forum, I want to thank all of our great forum posts this week. Um, these posts make our jobs a lot easier. Just so everyone is, is aware, we post uh, next week's topic on Tuesday. So after you listen to Monday's episode, come back to the forum on Tuesday, and we will have uh, next week's topic posted up there for you. Uh, we'll do that both at aroundcomics.com and comicgeekspeak.com. The forum family at Comic Geek Speak has grown now to include nine comics podcasts. I'm also having my own personal forum. Yes, Tom that. will have his own <laughs> personal forum. Uh, I'll remind monkey, you that the uh, monkey forum, uh, Comic Geek Speak, the the forum pages there are a great place to check out some of the best co- comics podcasts on the net and interact with their hosts and listeners. Uh, once again, for like the fourth week in a row, I've announced this. Around Comics and Dark Tower are pleased to announce that Michael Oliveri and Joe Bucco, the creators of Werewolves, Call of the Wild, will be in store and in studio on Friday, June 30th for a book signing and guest appearance on the show. Check out their book at cotwcomic.com and listen to Around Comics for more information on the appearance. Yes, Sal? Uh, I just wanted to say one other thing, because uh, Chris is too modest to, to say, but uh, we are... We have been ranked now on iTunes as the second most popular podcast, a comic book podcast on iTunes directory. And I just want to say, we, we both you. want to say thank you for any and all listeners that have been downloading our shows. And, and we really, really appreciate it. Uh, believe me, when we started this thing, we were we thought we would be shocked if we got 40 people to ever listen to the show. And we, we're now averaging, you know, quite a bit more than that and uh, we really appreciate everybody that takes the time to to listen to our rambling and and um it's really weird yeah it is it is weird (laughs) but you know it's it's very cool and thank you so much and we will uh hopefully be able to continue just do this and and uh have a conversation with everybody well well chris and sal thank you I say, why haven't you gotten more of your friends to listen to it? <laughs> and yeah, so yeah, what, number two. Number two. Why, but I don't understand because we're number one in quality. Why isn't? Why are we number two in number? So get your parents. Get, get your parents to download it at least. Go to your parents' house and just download iTunes and subscribe them. I mean, come on. 
The opinions of Tom Caters are not reflected by the Around Comics cast. Tom Caters. No, we definitely want to thank everyone. It's, okay. uh, it's been amazing. We're having a blast. We do this because we love it. And, uh, and, and, we ho- and we hope you enjoy it. Too. And it's just a, a, such a bonus to have people that actually you know, come on the forum and talk to us and tell us how much they like it. And it's just so cool. And, oh, and we're meeting guys in the shop. We yeah. got, you know, two or three listeners come in and, and meet us here. It's, it's, it's a lot of fun. Um, let me see here. Um, yeah, I, I think that's it for, for announcements. Um, uh, Tom, thank you. Sal, as always, thank you for doing the amazing Which job mixing that, that you do and editing. Uh, Dave Wachter, thank you for sitting in on the second half. Congratulations on the placement in previews. Um, and pre-order. What, yes, pre-order. Yeah, Na- name pre-order. Pre-order. Name of the book. It's, story. it's David. Fables. You can find it on page 315 of your brand new uh, previews. And Don't get previews. one of those variant out. covers you're going to get. and just order. Actually, it's got a big name guy doing the cover. and uh, So if you like covers, is it Michael Turner? Um, <laughs> scar, scar, scar tissue number three is out. Uh, scar tissue number three is out. Yes, it is. Uh, issues one, two, and three. You can get it at scartissue-comic.com uh, or possibly uh, Comic Dark Press Tower uh, Comics. And uh, number four, when can we expect Number it? four will be ready in time for the San Diego Comic Con in mid-July. Awesome. God willing. And Dave is not only a very talented artist, but a good-looking man and a fine gentleman. <laughs> All right. Strong as an ox. We, we, have, we, have, we have rambled and rambled and rambled. I would like to thank Stephanie Mangold again. I hope she yes. is enjoying the movie. She was a fantastic guest. We wish her all the luck with Hey Supergirl, and we will have her on the show any time that she wants to be back on. Everyone, have a fantastic week. We will be back again next Monday with another full-length episode of Around Comics. In the meantime, we will be everywhere in and around comics. If you would like to suggest a topic, send us your comments, or are interested in becoming a panel member, email us at info at aroundcomics.com or visit the contact us section of our website. For that and the latest in comics news and opinions, Go to www.aroundcomics.com. Music for the show provided by the Podshow Podsafe Music Network. Music.podshow.com. Thank you for listening today, and remember to join us next week, where the panel will change, but our mission stays the same, bringing you the best in discussion, news, and reviews in and around comics. Comics.